Hey guys, brand new podcast, and it's a bonus episode. It's a bonus episode because I fucked up. I got so excited to release Ron Funches, I forgot that I was supposed to release Ali Sadiq because Ali has a uh, special premiering Friday night, and so I should have released this Wednesday, but it's Thursday, so fuck it. We'll release it today, and we'll give you an extra episode this week. I hope you enjoy it. Um, This episode, there's no sponsors with it. There's no promotion. I am in Philly. I'm getting ready to shoot my special, and so I was so wrapped up in the week about all the shit going on with me that I forgot to do my job. Uh, Philly's awesome. It's raining. There's a hot uh, infrared sauna place like two blocks from here. Mitchell and Ness is right around the corner. Uh, I'm right near the Reading Terminal Market, so the food is fucking amazing. But I'm being healthy, working out, getting ready for this special. Um, but that's enough about me. Today's episode is with my buddy Ali Sadiq. I, I first met Ali when in Tampa. That's the first time we ever met. We talk about that. It's really interesting, his perspective of meeting me, because I don't really remember. You don't remember how you enter places. You don't remember how you behave. You don't remember things you say. And I'm such a fucking reptilian idiot. I just do things, and I forget that not everyone grew up exactly like me. So it's a his recollection of our meeting is pretty funny. I was blown away. He's got a story that I've, I've bragged. is one of the best stories ever told. It's called Mexicans Got on Boots. It's one of my favorite stories I've ever heard. Um, it's about his first night in uh, day in prison, finding out there's going to be a prison riot. And uh, he told it on Ari Shafir's uh, This Is Not Happening. God bless Ari Shafir for creating that show, This Is Not Happening, because some great comics have been discovered by everyone because of that show. He's, I'm so grateful that Ari created that show and kept it going for as long as he did. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of it. And I met Ali through there. I listened to the story, and I was fucking riveted. And he is an amazing storyteller. He's obviously been to prison. He talks about that. We talk about our relationship with um, masculinity um, and how that translates to us, which is an interesting story because I just read a really interesting article by Magdalene Black about masculinity and what's going on with boys and these school shootings. But we don't talk about that. We just have a good time. We catch up, and uh, and we promote his special. His special is called It's Bigger Than These Bars. It's on Comedy Central this Friday night. So tune into Comedy Central. Set it on your DVRs. Make sure you download it. Make sure you watch it. He shot it in an Austin prison. And uh, I just watched the, the video of him, his first time getting arrested. Man, it is fucking beautifully shot. It is gorgeous. As someone who's preparing for a special, just every every bit about it is gorgeous. And it's and he's such a great comedian, great storyteller. I hope you enjoy it. So enjoy the bonus episode. Make sure to watch Ali Sadiq's It's Bigger Than These Bars. Okay? I love you guys with all my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, today's BurtCast, Ali Sadiq. This is the It's just regular clothes. Oh, man. What's good, man? Yeah. Is it, yeah have you never been out to my house? Mm. Leanne just said, are you, are you good? We started. Um, Leanne just goes, <laughs> uh, she goes, I like him. Nate, can I tell you a secret time? Her, uh, one time we were, like, right when we first started dating, I said, or no, I think we were married, and I go... Yo, have you ever dated a black guy? Like, I'd never asked her that. And she started laughing. She goes, the way you asked that question, would it matter? And I go, I don't know. Just tell me the answer. 
<laughs> she goes, no, but I would. I don't know his name. I said, really? She goes, yeah, I don't know his name, but I've seen him on boxing matches. I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, uh, I go through the list of like what I th- what a white guy would think. <laughs> Do you know who it was? Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins. Okay, uh, uh, taller, marvelous Marvin. <laughs> You know what's crazy? I think his nickname is the, one of his nicknames is the Machine. Yeah, yeah. He, but he's. And then I said, uh, and the X Man. Yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. an interesting fucking guy. Yeah. Do you ever draw inspiration from a guy like that? I mean, do you like how I'm jumping into the conversation right now? No, I'm, do you ever, I'm cool. Do you ever draw inspiration from a guy like him? All the time. Yeah. Because he's another guy who was incarcerated. Yeah. You know, it's like I re- I actually know so many people who were locked up that people were like, what? When, when was Tim Allen locked up? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know the people who, when I was incarcerated, I would read. I'm like, oh, this is, nobody talks about this. Yeah. And, and that was my my out. I'm like, it used oh. to be like a dirty secret. Now in a weird way, I, the way I think society's changed, people are like, Oh no, that makes them better. I think that from my side of it is some people who actually didn't do anything, they put that on, they tag to like give them a sense of street credit or something. Yeah. I'm like, yo, man, that doesn't even that's not even possible. Like it's some things they say that they they did. And I'm like, it's not even possible. You you were like in a jail. You wasn't in prison. You didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like you, you had like a lot of misdemeanors, <laughs> and then you, and people were saying, "Oh, you, you, you went to jail." It's not all like Orange is New Black is a is is. I like literally hate that people even think that that's anywhere close to prison. Really? It's like it it bothers me. It's not. No. Why? How? Why? So? <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like a a, a camp. Like it's yeah. like I don't like it's like a a trustee farm or something. Like what is like? Uh, but I hated Oz too. Really? Yeah, because I knew that wasn't like I'm like what is this? So when you see shows like uh, Locked Up, like uh, Locked Up is a real show. They like that's actually and and what the thing about Locked Up is this? They're going to the maximum security prisons but they're not going to any minimum security prisons they're not going to minimum and maximum the slight the slightest difference is i can get stabbed every single day in a maximum yeah i can get stabbed once <laughs> in a in a minimum you know you know it's, it's you know you a fight you get into but Max is different because everybody's playing a a, um, a a more intense game. It's like it's the Super Bowl every day, you know. And in a minimum, it's kind of like you have a regular season and then the playoffs, and then something really get up popping off. Then it goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But in a max, you it's Super Bowl every day. Really? You're, you're lacing <laughs> up every day. It's like, it was today, Super Bowl. Like, what was my, Super Bowl. It's like, every day it's on. It's yeah. like, you even when you think it's not on, it's on. Even when you, like, today is a good day, but it's kind of still on. Dude, that's almost, that's almost like, a, like, 
I hope this comes out after I've taped my special, but I'm doing my special in a couple weeks. And in a weird way, I get this obsessive compulsiveness of that. If I'm not thinking about it, I'm failing. If I'm not working on it, I'm failing. And I do that. I know that obsessive compulsiveness comes out with tragedy because sometimes I'll say to myself, this, like, if I'm not worried about it, that's when something bad happens. So like, I, sometimes I have a hard time relaxing. Cause I go once I relax, that's when they, that's when the universe catches me off guard. <laughs> so you basically been to prison if you, yeah. if, that, if that's because you you don't want to like people think that I'm intense, but I'm actually not. I'm really kind of laid back until cert, something triggers in me. Like 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 how you are you are you trying to play me? Like you like what you trying to do? Yeah. Or like you, if I feel like you're trying to force me to do something, I'm like, nah, that I'm, I'm. What you mean? Yeah. And it's like keywords, like trigger words with me. Like you have to do. Like somebody tell me I have to do something. Like what you mean? I have to. Like have to. Like what? Like what's gonna happen if I don't? <laughs> give, give me, give me the consequences if I don't. Like, like, or I don't, I don't like dudes taller than me, <laughs> directing me to do something things aggressive and you're not talking to everybody like that yeah okay if you directing me like that you telling me to do something tell Shaq too yeah don't just tell me because now I'm I'm in this space like so are you telling me like this because I'm shorter than you because you're not talking to Shaq like that like I talk to everybody across the board the same children adults I don't make no if I'm yeah. mad everybody get it it don't even you know <laughs> <laughs> or if it's something I don't want to happen, every like I remember this guy um, came on my house and um, pretty big dude. He with some other people, and everybody's taking off their shoes, and he's not taking the shoes off. And he was trying to walk in my house, and I stuck my arm out. I'm like, "My oh, man, what, what you what you what are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm I'm, I'm coming in, not with you." And I'm not gonna take my shoes off out here. I say that's where everybody else took their shoes off. Yeah. And then in my mind, I know my friends are like, yo, can you scale it back? But my mind went to, you think you're gonna walk in my house with your shoes on? Try that. I want yeah. I want I wanna see you try that. <laughs> you're gonna come to my house and disrespect. I wanna I wanna see you make it past this. I my in my mind, I wanna see you walk in my house with your shoes on and then how you go you all you gonna do is see the sky because I'm gonna beat you <laughs> savagely. Cause yeah. I'm like, would you do this if I was Shaq and I was standing here? Yeah. Would you had, would it have been any understanding about you taking your shoes off outside and walking in? Yeah. Nothing. I know it wouldn't have been. And in prison, I was like that. And people understood. They was like, yo, nah, man, in here, size doesn't matter in here. And you had to, people had to get their mind adjust. I'm a big dude and da, da, da. And they, people were telling you like, no, in here, it really doesn't matter how big you are. Or I remember this little skinny white kid, real scared. Man, they going to do something to me. X, Y, Z. I say, man, let me tell you. Just don't talk. Just don't say nothing. What you mean? Just don't say a word. Anytime somebody talking to you, just look at them. They're going to be terrified. What? Big, small, trying to tell you. And he would just, 
man, I'm gonna do all this aggressive stuff. He'd just be, yeah, and just walk, walk off to his head. And people were like, he's gonna kill everybody. <laughs> and in my mind, I would just be sitting there laughing, like, Josh got it down. He, he has it down now. He he's mastering it now. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and he's like. The skin, he was like, yo, man, everything is going to happen to me and him. I'm like, nah, just be silent and walk off. Just with that stare. Anytime you do that. Yeah, that is intense. <laughs> That's fucking intense no matter, just no, in here. <laughs> no matter how great. I've said this. I did this one time, and I and, and I know people get upset when I do this. Every time I do this, this story, because it, it misses the word rape, and I tell... <laughs> I say, I tell women, y'all, it's not your word. It's not, it was a word that was created. You know, it. this probably happened to several men before it, it caught on with y'all. Y'all caught it on like wildfire. Okay, cool. Whatever happens. I used the word one time in, I was in Amsterdam and it was these bunch of these dudes coming out this bar, real aggressive, talking real aggressive racial stuff. And I'm- Racial stuff? Yeah, and I'm going- Americans? No, they. I mean, I'm in Amsterdam. Dutch. Dutch yeah. would, they. They were weird. And I'm in this dark alley. I'm coming from this spot called Bulldogs. I know Bulldogs. And I'm not. I'm refusing not to walk down this alley. I'm. I'm going this way to my room. I don't care what racial slur they saying. And then in my mind, I'm like, well, what if they try to do something really aggressive and attack me? And I said, oh, I have something for that. <laughs> no, nobody. That watch. So they're 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 walking talking real aggressive and I just holler out I said ah, I haven't raped eight guys in a long time <laughs> and they were just like what did, what did he say what did, what did he oh. say and I just walked past him and, like, and they, I heard him whisper what did he just say did he say he raped eight people like, <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> it's like it's like in my mind I was like nobody I don't care if no any, one wants to roll the dice on that fight <laughs> If you in a if you in the worst urban neighborhood in the world, and you think somebody's gonna rob you, yeah, eight black dudes about to rob you, just oh, <laughs> I haven't raped eight black men in a long time. Come on with it, fellas. Like, <laughs> Come on with it, fellas. <laughs> no, yeah. nobody rushes to a rape. No, no. <laughs> not even the just the the even that it make it happen. The yeah. fact that you just threw it out there, like it's eight of us. Yeah, but he said it. <laughs> He's done this before. Hold on, fellas. Yeah, let me talk to him. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny because you know I connect with uh, I, something that pulls my hair up. And I used to have this friend who uh, was more successful than I was, and was was uh, all was of like, my friends. Yeah, but but it's, he, he would do stuff. That I was like, I, who 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 else would you do this to? Like I remember, I remember he used to text me, uh, "baby girl." He'd call me "baby girl." I didn't like it. I was like, "Yo," but I'm not confrontational, so I'd never say anything. I'd be just be like, it would rub me the wrong way. I'd be like, "Don't, I'm not your fucking baby girl. I'm a grown man." I have that. I, that's the other thing because I'm because I'm so fun and silly and <laughs> bless you. I think people and I'm non-confrontational. People take. Uh, take strides with me that they wouldn't take with other men, yeah. you know. And I always go like, "Who, who the fuck else would you say?" <laughs> like, like and and but I but no one ever sees me as losing my shit 
but it has happened. Like I remember one time in, in high school, I was at baseball practice and three of my friends were with me. They all went to a different school and I, and I was like, yo, just hang out for my baseball practice. It's going to be an hour and a half and then we'll go out and party. And they were like, okay. And so we get there and we're in the middle of baseball practice. And one of my buddies is like, yo, I think they took your car. And I was like, no. And they're like, no, they took your car. And I, I lost it. I lost, it's one of the few times I've seen red. And when they got back, I was waiting for them with a baseball bat. And I chased them with a baseball bat. I chased them. And they were running from me thinking I was crazy. And I, but I was like, you wouldn't do that to another man. Like that, like there is this trigger that goes off in my head where I go, I get that way with any like home improvement stuff. When like I have another guy come over and do it and I feel like they've cut a corner and they're just like, ah, fuck him. You know, like yeah. I fucking, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a, I'm sitting there thinking that you went back. You say, oh, this is one time I lost it and you went back to high school. And if I if the story was reversed, my mine would have been like Thursday. <laughs> like because if it's it's so hard being in this free society where people are so carefree and careless and that to the point of where it's disrespectful. You know, yeah. like I don't I don't like people standing close to me in line. And I'm like, I don't think nobody likes. Oh my god, that's so stand. funny. Asian people stand so fucking close to people in line. <laughs> like I hate to, I hate to do an, a broad stroke. I know if you're Asian, you probably don't. But like Asian people from Asia, from Asia, in, in, it's like they don't even know lines exist, <laughs> and they fucking get right up on you and talk really fucking loud. And you're like, Yo, man, you got to give me Hasidic Jewish people. Don't even. Don't even respect lines. Like, I'm talking <laughs> locks with the hat and the fucking tassels. Don't even respect. Their kids will get in front of you going, oh, there's room in front of him. <laughs> like, like, oh, my God. I said it to Ari. I go, is that something that you guys do? Because Ari was a Hasidic Jewish person. And he's yeah. like, no. He's like, I think you just had a bad experience with one Jewish family. I go, no. It's happened too many times. It's happened way too many fucking times. Indian people. Indian people have no respect for I'm like, yo, sir, how close do you want to be? Yeah. And people getting on the plane. I think it. What I is think your problem? I think it's a lot of people that aren't from this country. Like a lot of uh, like Hasidic Jewish people, despite the fact oh, no. that they live in New York, they are not from this country. They're, they don't. They haven't really assimilated. Oh, no. Oh, no. Your average everyday white American apple pie eating baseball <laughs> soccer mom has I, I let me tell you how this how much people people don't realize this this how much people don't have respect for space because I think people think that this is a good invention but it was it was an invention because people don't have respect for space if you in front of me and you're checking out you're in the grocery store yeah. you're checking out do you know I consider the whole conveyor belt, the cashier, the sacker, I consider all of that your property yeah. until you're gone. Yeah. You don't have to cover your past. I'm not even close enough for none of that. I, I, oh, all, of, all of my things are still in my basket until everything that you have is off the conveyor belt. Yeah. Because I literally come from that era. Remember? Remember this? Remember this? that people would let all the stuff go and the cashier would wipe the conveyor belt and then you would start putting your stuff on again. Yeah. I'm not in a rush 
to put my my items are not going to explode in my basket if I don't start putting them on this conveyor belt. Yeah. Soon, that that stupid little bar thing that shouldn't even exist. It's a stupid invention. Yeah, it shouldn't exist. The the space starts from the the metal of the <laughs> conveyor belt all the way to the cashier. The human person uh-huh. is your. That's that's all you. This person should just focus on you. They shouldn't be rushed. I, I don't I don't understand it. And I wait till you finish. You can get all your stuff. You can look back. Make sure you get you got everything. Yeah. There's no I don't need intermingling of the groceries. Then I start putting my oh. stuff. Then I have to leave the basket there because the next person, even though I set this great example, they they were wondering, the people behind me were wondering, why is he not going? Yeah. Because this he's not finished. How close I shouldn't hear your total. And and that's that's something that's so crazy is you are typing in a passcode you are putting in your credit card that is personal space they do I I when I was a kid if 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 there was a um if there was a glass enclosure when you went to use your ATM you stood outside the glass enclosure you didn't go in you allowed that person <laughs> to put in their private in, all their private information it's crazy ATM somebody I I. I'm back. I scoot back to let you have that whole man. You don't have to look over your shoulder. I'm almost your wingman. Hey man, you go. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I got. I'm blocking all sides. Nobody's gonna rob you. I have you. So yeah. when I go, hey, can I get some? Can I get some backing? Yeah. Can somebody flank me? <laughs> it's so crazy because what what people have taken up for in current space like in, in proximity in privacy what people just allow and take is every day they've also taken back in social justice warriorism like where they're like where they're like the new thing is they're boycotting that movie peter rabbit because they throw blueberries at a guy with blueberry allergies and now the parents are protesting saying that that's insensitive to, that's bullying for food allergy kids like that's a new thing. Um, you you know you know sometimes you have to excuse me because these are like very very white issues. <laughs> like I wish some I wish I, I literally wish like this is a wish of mine. Now. I wish any group of African American moms would call my home and say <laughs> we need you to get on board with this Roger Rabbit protest. And I was I was at there. Oh yeah. What's going on? I, I would like to know. And as soon as they said that they was throwing blueberries at a kid with blueberry allergy, I would they would be protesting me next. I would cuss them out like, do you know? Okay, what's the scene? What what is the scene? Look at I'm like, do you, I got thrown in the in the pool going to get my mom's mail. Like all the kids in the neighborhood knew you go get the mail, the older kids are gonna try to throw you in the pool. Yeah. This is bullying at its finest. Like, like this is the height oh. of bullying. I made it through. I made it through. It is. It became became this. Hey, this is strategy. This, this, this brought more kids together than separated. <laughs> All the small kids. Listen, we need one sacrificial lamb. <laughs> Who is the fastest? Okay, I'll leave you the fastest, and you're very crafty. Okay. So everybody's gonna look. You gonna have to check my mama mail for me too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna go. Act like I'm checking the mail. 
they gonna run and chase me. All the big kids gonna run and chase me. All the little kids run, check all the mail. Yeah. Now, mail's not wet. But for a long time, mail was wet. A lot of, <laughs> it was a lot of wet mail to the point that my mom would say, hey, go check the mail. Oh, My mail better not be wet when you come in here. And- Dude, <laughs> there's something to be said about, and, 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 I, and look, here's the thing that I think we'll both agree on. I didn't enjoy getting bullied. I didn't. I wouldn't want to pass that on to my. I wouldn't want. My, I, I definitely would pray my daughter would not get the experiences I had. I got. I always got bullied because I was a little bit of a funny guy and and giggly. And the guys that had a little anger in their life got frustrated <laughs> with me that I could be at, that happy. It still happens. <laughs> it's it's still and even though as a an adult, I tell a story about you. That I said, I mean, it's certain things that change you when you see things, and you you know when people are generally happy, and even though you haven't experienced that, you want it. I yeah. said, I said, Bert, I'm I'm in Tampa, and I said he probably doesn't even notice. I said I'm in Tampa, and he's coming to this podcast, and he shows up, Bert, shorts, rolling his bag, um. No shoes on, no shoes on. Um, walks in. Um, first thing he say, "Hey, can I use your restroom?" Yeah, use restroom. He comes out, and this is like no racial nothing. This is just a happy go lucky dude. He said, "Ali, you raised by a single mom?" I was like, "Yeah, I can tell. Your room is amazing. Your room is amazing. Your shoes on. My room looks like I've been squatting." So I say, I have this amazing conversation with him. So now he's walking out and I say, very, ju- I was being very judgmental. I see this Toyota, nice little Toyota. Um, I say, well, clearly this is Bert's car right here because he has on no shoes. So he's in the Toyota. And I'm walking towards the Toyota and I look back and Bert's at this. I say, I don't even know what size Benz this is. Like, it's the biggest one you can have. I just know, like, I don't know if it's a Maybach, but I just know it's a huge Benz that I know is huge. I think it has fur. I think it has fur inside on the on the rug, but it's huge. And he has the jump, and he's putting the stuff in. I turn around, and he's like, "Hey!" Like he looking at me like, "Oh, that's your rental car." Like, so he's getting his car, big hug, walks out, and he and I say he still has on those shoes. And I said that I said. That ha- has to be the richest, happiest homeless man I think I've ever spent time with. <laughs> and I call one of my friends. I say, hey, man, this is the new mandate. If we are not happy enough to walk around barefooted, <laughs> then we not happy, man. <laughs> he said, what the, where you get this from? I said, Bert has to be the happiest person I think I've ever ran into. <laughs> like, like, he literally, like, He's driving the biggest bins with fur inside of it, with no shoes on. <laughs> do you know how? Do you know how? You know, that's like I know in his mind he can just walk into the airport with no shoes on, with his ID, and say, "Hey, can you give me the first ticket to Hawaii? Uh, I'm, I, I just want to go today." It's so funny you said that. I, <laughs> I, I just said to myself, "You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to disappear for two days in, in uh, with nothing. I'm going to disappear for two days with nothing. Right after I shoot my special." And just tell my girls I love you, but I'm gonna go. And no, I'm not telling anyone. I'm just gonna go to the airport and pick a place to go and go. 
And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get off the grid for two days. Just give myself two days to be with Bert. But that causes anger in a lot of people. That, that, whatever that is about me. Like, by the way, I can only testify to two things. The car and the single mom statement. I don't remember not wearing (laughs) shoes. That is very possible. (laughs) That is very, very possible. Because I think I went in and got a sandwich on my way back to the beach and I walked into the re- the restaurant with no shoes. Yeah, I know the guy who owns it. Cuz you were coming from somewhere. You were coming yeah. Yeah, and I was like this is the this is a I remember who I talked to and everything. I'm like yo this is the this is the life that you when you work for something it's like this is how you supposed to live it. You know yeah. like with with this special everybody wants to know what's the next thing? What's the next thing? I'm like well, the the thing is, I, it took me twenty years to get this special, you know, for you to, you know, recognize. And I, I kind of just wanted to chill for a little bit. And I'm not the, I'm, I'm not the sitcom dude. No, but you totally are. You totally are. See, there's things about you that are that are very, very, very um, Jerry Seinfeld, very uh, Paul Reiser, like. I'd say Chris Rock. I'd say Chris Rock, but I I don't see it sounds silly, but I feel like like when you told me the story about getting your mail, when you told me the story about living, I could see a string of stories. You know, I, I could see a sitcom about you that as from your whole life to show and just jump from different parts of your life, kind of like this is us. I don't know if that's, I've never really seen this as us, but I know it jumps around in, yeah. in the time life kind of way. I could see that very easily. All your stories are very relatable because you come from it from like, you're a real person. You are the, you are the hero in all your stories, but you're this anti-hero. You're this guy who is a victim of circumstance, who is a, a product of a, a product of your environment. You know, it's. I always say that like you and Joey Diaz are very similar because you guys started a movement. Like I, I know that it was independently at the same time, but like when you did Ari Shafir's storytelling show and said, told your story, uh, Mexicans got on boots, and then and when Joey started doing Rogan, and and they were roughly around the same time, and he was started telling about prison and and his mistakes that he had made in life, and and. And wasn't bragging. He wasn't like bragging. He was just saying, this is something I did. Joey said something brilliant the other day. I don't know if he said it to me or if he said it on a podcast or where he said it. But he was like, he was like, dog, uh, Louie gets in trouble for fucking jacking off. I kidnapped a man. (laughs) It's like I fucking put him in a trunk. I went to prison for it. But like, and then I noticed, and you had said this at the beginning, but I noticed that everyone then tried to like, it's the thing about this business where people recognize something's working and then they try to put their, oh, I got one of those. I never thought about this before I realized that will work. I never decided to go on fucking national television and admit I've been to prison. That's, that's a ballsy fucking move. You're saying, right when you did that, you're saying there is a chance that everyone will not like me. There is a chance that I'm saying I am I am a convict. I did something very wrong. And you can judge me. And I'm a black male and I am what you think I am. You did that and everyone 
Dude, everyone immediately was like, fuck, this guy's a great storyteller. Fuck, this guy's lived a great life. Fuck, this guy's so interesting. This guy's got a unique perspective. Same thing with Joey. And then you see the guys, the copycats, who come by and they're like, man, I've had, I've done my dirt. And you can tell by the way they're talking they didn't. Like, I, I'd, I'd hear people try to tell their crazy party stories once I did the machine. And yeah. I was like, I was like, bro, I only got a couple. Cra- I mean, I'm sure I have a couple more that I'm don't aware, not aware of, but I only have a couple crazy party stories. I think that's the thing <clears throat> right there. When, when Mexican had, when I did the prison riot, people had that know me personally have heard me talk about, and they like, yo, man, you need to tell that story. So, dude, 15... everyone, everyone said that to me about the machine. Yeah, I tell the machine at a dinner. I remember Jay Moore was the first person that said to me a long time. It's probably 13, 15 years ago. I told it at dinner to him and this guy Tony Baldino, and he was like, "That you got to tell that on stage." Doctor Drew said, "You got to tell that on stage." Rogan was the first person that changed my life in a way where he was like, "No, no, no, you got to tell that on stage." And anyone listening, shout that out at his shows until he tells it on stage. That will help. That will that will change your career. Huh. I mean, I'm a different man because of that. But I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. No, no, you said, it's, you, it, it's the you we like that story was just a time you like like hey man this just happened and i'm talking to my friends so they know the honesty in it yeah so i didn't never i didn't want to be known as oh this is jail guy from jail doing them so i 15 years into my career i do this story and when eric abram wanted me to do the this is not happening the actual story that he wanted me to tell was the story that i did the second time I came on was Mitchell. Yeah, he's like, oh, he if he comes on, I want him to do Mitchell because it was because he, I don't know what happened when I was around. They was somebody was around and I was telling the story about how and why I don't like um, bouncers and people touching me. That's <laughs> and that like I go to that space every time. Like I hate going to the club and getting patted down, especially if I'm on the flyer. Like I'm on the why are you pat me down? Yeah. Or if I'm with DL, you you with DL and then you pat me down. If I'm with you, then they pat me. Like why are you patting me down? I'm with the so you think that I'm coming in to cause trouble? I'm with him. Yeah. Like so, so it just irritates me, and I have so I it's, I have stories that I don't even know that stories because it's just I'm just telling you a, a Thursday that happened while I was there, like the it. Prison Riot and Mitchell are not the stories that I would have picked to tell off the rip. I would have told the day I was became a judge at a bodybuilding contest in prison. And like I was, we was randomly watching TV, and I remember what was on. It was the it was the NAACP Image Awards. It was the first year, yeah. and he locked up. And I'm in this play. I'm in Amarillo, Texas, and. We we don't have all these shows. We and I'm like, oh, it's a black show. We watching very intensively, and I never forget this dude. He's Italian and black. His name is Win. He's from Vegas, and this dude named Brown that was from like the some country town. Brown is this huge black dude. Man, he's huge. Literally, he's huge. I'm like, he like six five, like got to be like three ten. Yeah. He's huge. Name is Brown, bald headed. And this is stuff called Jack Mac. Um, it's like a can of mackerel. Like they just cut a mackerel upon just stuff it in a can with some juice. He and it's still the bone in it and skin on it and everything. He usually people clean it. Like the the Mexican 
guys they showed me how to clean yeah. the um the <laughs> so, so when you're eating and you putting in your noodles and making your spread or whatever but he would just take it out the can and it was two chunks and you just separate them and put them on bread and eat it just like that and dip the pieces of the sandwich into the can with the juice <laughs> eat that and then drink the juice and look and look at you and brown always said protein always got to have it i'm like <laughs> say brown hey man don't this is, this is always say man don't don't beat your chest towards me i don't i don't i don't like that yeah. it's like man that's how brown talk i'm like but why are you always talking to third person? Like he always misses himself. <laughs> in and then when very light skin, good hair, he black and Italian. This is how I learned. And like I love when man. Um, this is how I learned about Pink Floyd. So when when I tell a story to somebody, they can go back in another story and say, "Oh, so this is when you learned about the song Comfortably Numb." Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, same person, when? Because when, every night, man, when was seen comfortably numb. And you hear, shut up. But when's a huge dude as well. 6'4", yeah. about 285, big dude. Look, Reminds me of, looks looks like a more handsome Lou Ferrigno. Okay. Same body build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lou Ferrigno. So, he would sing comfortably numb every night and you say shut up holler at wind wind didn't care very carefree and then it got to the point where he he wouldn't he, he wouldn't sing it and then you would just hear dudes say come on wind go on hit it one time I can't sleep <laughs> come on and then you would hear I, I like and you just land in your bunk you didn't want to be the one to say it you didn't want to be the one to say wind go on hit it Somebody else was brave enough to say when hit it. You just looking up in the sky and you hear out of nowhere, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you don't even know this song. You never heard this song in your life. And then all of a sudden you just and the, you hear the whole thing. I have become comfortably known. <laughs> man, man, we ain't one of us over, man. How you, I don't even know how you get 80 dudes to just love one song. It was dumb. And he came in. We didn't stay with us. Brown didn't. He stayed in another tank. And we watching the NAACP Awards. And we came in. And we just see Wynn taking off his clothes. <laughs> And he, he, he getting down to his boxes. It's like, okay, we must be about to get in the shower. He putting on oil. He alling up. And he and he just talking, he talking to himself. And I'm like, and I'm like, we watching the wall. We ain't tripping on win. Um and then Brown comes in our room. And this is an out of place case. He's not even supposed to be in our tank. Brown comes in and cut the TV off. I'm like, yo, what the what the hell you doing? Shut up. Shut up. Everybody shut up. Oh, when I'm sick of your shit, it's on. Brown start taking his clothes off. It's almost like he had him on a breakaway prison suit. I'm like, yo, what, what's happening? What is happening? Why is Brown getting naked in our tank? What's going on? And we like, oh, him and we about to fight. Yeah. Oh, boy, it's about to be good. Two, the two biggest dudes on the yard about to go at it. Oh, everybody done got crunk. We, yeah. Oh, they about to go at it. 
And then when say Ali, I said, what's up? He said, you gonna be the judge of the fight? <laughs> he said, no. Brown think he bigger than me and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. We about to have a pose down. A pose down? <laughs> like a bodybuilder? But man, I'm not finna judge no damn pose down. He said, man, shut up. If you wanna, and he, they threatening to throw the TV on the ground. Yeah. And now everybody like, Lee, you got to judge. I'm like, <laughs> this is stupid, man. So the whole tank is watching Wynn and Brown standing on tables, greasy, with their boxes on. And I'm standing in the back. I'm like, we doing three categories, man. This is stupid. <laughs> we doing three categories. Three categories. We going, we going chest and arms together, back then legs. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the worst thing I think I've ever done. It was like, yo, so Brown, we know who gonna win chest and arms. Yeah. Clearly, Brown chest is bigger than, than wins. You move that mic closer to your mouth. It's, you can move yeah. it wherever way you want. Brown is brown chest is bigger than wins. Everybody knows this. But Win has him on legs, and for some reason Win back is bigger. I don't know why, because he got this like this cobra thing that yeah. he do with his back. So Brown, so, so when Brown did his chest, it was it, I, I wanted to quit because I'm like, okay, Brown, it's on you, it's on chest. So Brown does all this crazy pose down. Y'all see it? It's Brown, and then he do his chest. I'm like, ah, points off for jiggling of the chest. No jiggling of your breasts, Brown. <laughs> and competition and brown loses and he's mad at me for like a week he's so mad at me like <laughs> you rigged it you rigged it yo man i had to tell brown on the wreck yard you need to work on your legs some more man <laughs> that's why you lost when legs are way bigger than yours really <laughs> what did he say and when sitting back there I don't even know how they even know these moves. You know, when back in the day when they used to do these bodybuilding contests, you would see the bodybuilder like do flap it, flap it, and, they, and, and, then, and then slap slap it. Yeah, <laughs> and then it goes side to side. Yeah. <laughs> and we was back there doing that, <laughs> and then and then they do this this draw up the leg. <laughs> Dude, I, that's fucking great. So, oh. me being in jail, I don't want to hear people's violent stories. Yeah, because I know it wasn't like that every day. Even when I was on the max, I was on two maximum securities, and it was just it, you could get stabbed every day. But did somebody get stabbed every day? No. Yeah. Did did something happen every day on some part of the unit? But it didn't affect you every day. Yeah. You know, and it's more, it's funnier to me when I know somebody's actually been there when you can relate to the story or if you never been there but you can relate to somebody deciding they want to steal some hamburgers out of the kitchen yeah and they run this little hamburger ring and this dude cuts in front of me he like lee let me slide by you real quick finna make pick up this this package this is this is smuggling at its finest he got to get these hamburgers back to the block he grabs the hamburgers and he dumps them down his shirt and he like yeah try to get my food real quick if you don't mind and i'm like yeah go ahead and as he's standing there i see his feet moving he say oh shit 
I got to get out of here. I said, man, what's up? Man, this damn grease from this hamburger is down my damn back. <laughs> so, so he runs out and I get back to the block. He said, man, do you know he had um, whatever degree burns down the side of his the, his back because the, the hamburgers were made fresh. Yeah. So it's grease coming from the hamburgers and it's just burning. Just hot they, fucking And I hamburger. think the, the plastic that it was wrapped up in, the bag must have, that oil must have got up against oh. him. Ah, oh. and just imagine hot burger grease up against your, the side of your neck. Oh. And that's, that was funny stuff to me while I was in prison, man. I Man, it was, I remember seeing a dude, two dudes get caught being together and it was hysterical to me. Like to, really? for them, for in the middle of the night, you just hear all this commotion and then you get up and you go to the cell, you just see two naked dudes getting handcuffed, getting drug, <laughs> getting, getting drug out. Oh. I'm like, ah! Oh my God. And I'm like, y'all, look at your naked ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you, being in prison is weird because you, you would just say something about, like if you in locked up, you just say something in your cell about something that's going on outside just because. Just because you in there, you in your yeah. cell and you hear something going out, and you just holler out, kill him. And, then, <laughs> and you're like, you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Like, they just wrestling. They ain't even fighting. It's a oh. friendly thing. You're like, it's weird. That's one of my favorite things to do when you're not a part. Like I saw, <laughs> I was in Athens one time with Eddie Ift and Ben Glebe, and this guy and this girl were fighting, and her friends were fighting with them. This is probably... 13 years ago no 12 years ago and uh and the guy's getting browbeaten by the girl and her friends are yelling at him too and i go just hit him and <laughs> and these girls crossed the street and started yelling at me and i was like i'm like first of all i'm joking second of all i am the guy that said just hit him like what if you cross the street to the, it's just this empowerment that they believe they had where they go you know it's like we have a, we know this no, i can't even say it anymore but like <laughs> those those kids that are are boundary pushers yeah that don't believe rules apply to them and and their parents don't hold them to the same what, set of rules affluenza is what they call now yeah and then all of a sudden <laughs> they get into the real fucking world and they get their dick knocked in the dirt and you're like yeah that's what happens that's what happens that yeah, that's that's how that works that exactly how that you know I, it the the thing when people talk to me about being incarcerated i'm like i was i was kind of there but not there that was the, that was the thing that people don't get i was there but i wasn't engulfed in prison behavior you know and then i didn't allow it to happen on my watch it was like certain things that you were like well you're a small dude yeah it was a dude named feast that was smaller than me too but how tall are you five seven that's it. That small yeah but you know what's a weird thing? I say I'm five seven, and people be like, "You the first person to say that's not that small," but most people be like, "You're not five seven. And then I go into this whole thing like, "Well, I just want you to know this: um, five seven is below average. So who lies about being five seven? Like this is like <laughs> I, it's on nobody's list. It's no, it's no. Who's attracted to five seven people besides four eleven people? It's like it's, <laughs> it's like I'm not tall to anybody. How tall is Kevin Hart? 
five, 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 four, something like that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taller than him. I know. I'm taller than Morris Chestnut. That's all I know. Morris, how tall is Morris Chestnut? I think Morris Chestnut like five, six. For real? Yeah. And I and I say that I say that to to throw to just douse yeah fire the desire that women have for him yeah you know no oh, you not like you more children. well I'm taller than him dude and they can't believe it the guy from uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia Rob I th- I'm gonna fuck his name up McInerney I think is how you say it McElroy. I think it's McInerney Mac I don't know it's oh, McElhaney um that's a street in Houston. Yeah, McElhaney. He uh, he's Charlie Day is on that show, and and I, I ever every time I watch it, I go, he's got to be like six four. And then I met him last weekend, and he's just my height, and he's real skinny. No, I mean not real skinny, but he's just not obese like me. And so, like I looked at him, and I kept looking at his waist, going like, what? Those are like thirty twos. Those are thir- like I'm wear- I wear a thirty eight. And I'm like, I kept going, I thought you were like bigger than me. Like I, th- but you get that on TV, Morris Chestnut, I can totally see that. Oh yeah, he's 6'2". God damn. Um, Tyrese is 5'2". I am. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you, you just said, like I, I'm, I don't even know why I'm, I have a problem with this. You know, I used to be like a 36 in the waist. And. Are you serious? Dead serious. And. I'm like a 30 in the waist now. Oh, like I have a pair of pants. Levi's literally say 30-30. I have a 30-30 is good. That's a good <laughs> inseam. I have, I'm fucking, secret time, I'm 30, I was a 38-30, which yeah, is I'll, which is like the penguin. Yeah, I'll 36-30. Like, I look at some house, but I like I told, I just told Joy. Um, Did you do Joey's podcast when yes, you here? Yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I He's the even, best. I don't even know how I'm alive right now. Did you eat, did you smoke we eat edibles? Uh, edibles, man. It's like the uh, top of my head was foam. Like I I have an audition today and yeah. and, I, and I'm horrible at auditions. Like, Dude, I'm worse. I guarantee you, I'm worse. <laughs> I'm so bad. I did an audition one time where I st- in the middle I started leaning up against the wall like like we're like we're kicking back like we're. And I realized, oh, I'm not acting at all right now. I'm just reading the lines. <laughs> we, gotta do, we gotta do a show on conversation. Um, Ali Sadiq, who's worse? You know, like Ali Sadiq and Bert, who's worse? Man, because Bert and I, I'm like, no, I'm bad, man. Like, I'm really, really bad at it. I wanna do, I wouldn't mind doing, I would do. 20 auditions and then film, <laughs> let, film them all and put them online so people can see how bad I am. I'm so bad you can't believe I ever got booked for I've had one good audition in my entire life. I had one good audition. One good audition. And I booked it and I did the sitcom. It was a test. By the way, I had had 30 bad auditions leading up to this test to get the sitcom. And then I did one good audition at Fox who didn't want me. CBS already kind of wanted me. I went in knowing I killed the part where I where they didn't want me, and I went in and did the CBS one, and the only reason I got it is because I fucked around with Les Moonves, and they said the audition was horrible, but you made Les laugh, so fuck it. Why not just have you? Dude, I've only had one good audition. Yo, man, I don't, you, you, at least you had one. Like I'm, I'm good at a general meeting. A I'm, general meeting, I'm, I'm fucking fire. <laughs> I'm no one can compete with me in a general meeting. I went in and sold a TV show off a video I had online. I had a video of my daughter rolling in dog shit, and it's so funny. 
And they said, what's the show? I go, this is the show. And I just showed her a video <laughs> of my daughter rolling in dog shit. And then my other daughter says, uh, here, wait, I'll play the audio. It's that fucking funny. I, I literally... God, I wish I remember her name, Katie something. She was awesome. She oh. goes, I don't know what the show is, but I'll buy it. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up on my phone. Oh, my goodness. Because I, I know I'm about to go. I'm about to go. What time's your audition? At 2. Okay. And, uh, like, I'm so, because I don't know how to act. And, like. Do you have your size with you? We'll run this. Oh, I guess we couldn't because someone owns that material. <laughs> like, I'm so, and, like, I know it. And. Like once I have all the words, I'm cool. But it's like I just don't like. I just this is other people. If I were you, I'd walk in and I and go, oh, a lot of black, a lot of white people in here, huh? We know how this works, huh? <laughs> Bunch of racists, <laughs> and then they'll have to hire you because you. <laughs> oh, man, I. What's the what's it, the what is it? Is it a sitcom? It's a sitcom, and I'm I'm playing some. I'm not playing anybody. I'm just I'm auditioning for some kooky guy. Some for some what? Some kooky guy. Um, he's supposed to be a brainiac. Can I tell you my? I mean, in in all my time being in this business, the thing I've realized that I fucked up on the most is I tried to give them the character they wanted. That's what I fucked up on. And if I could go back and do this business over again, I'd, I'd do everything. Because I already didn't get all those. <laughs> I already didn't get them. And I did what they want. I thought they wanted me to do. And I fucking. I mean, you're already. I'm already going to fail. Why don't I go in and give them what I want to do? <laughs> like, who wants to play a character that, that they want? Like, if they want the wacky neighbor. Like, I would go in and do like. I remember being like, how would. Because. Like, Nick Swartzen was booking everything. And I was like, how would Nick do this? In my head. Yeah. I was like, oh, Nick would have a bunch of energy. Crazy hands. And I did it. And they were like, wow, we love that. And I was like, I can't do this for six years. Play Nick Swartzen? I was like, I got to play Bert. And then I went in and did it a little less. And they were like, what happened to the hands? And I was like, I was like, I just didn't know if you liked Oh, we loved it. You were like, real high energy. And freaking. And I was like, yeah, I, I, that would disappear after a while. And I'd be like... I did a I did a I, I did a, a a show where I had a southern accent. I booked it and shot the pilot, right? It was a, a cartoon, and then we went in and we did, went to do the reshoot. They got to redo it, you know, like pickups. I didn't remember how to do the southern accent, <laughs> so we had to reshoot the whole pilot in my regular accent. So they were like, they were like, you really lost the accent. And I was like, I don't remember how I did it. Can I hear it back? And then I still couldn't get it. This was the video, by the way. You're just hearing the audio. This is the video. Tell me, this this sold the. Here, watch. You can barely hear Isla. Understand her. Okay, you ready? Did you just roll in dog shit? She didn't. Just smell it, smell it, smell it. Mom, smell it, mud. smell it, Georgia. Georgia, smell it and tell me if it's dog shit. Smell it. It's dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I want to see if I can do that. And then I... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't stop laughing. And then, and then it's it's another two minutes of Isla standing there with dog shit and me laughing at her, and the lady goes, "I'll just I'll buy it." 
do general meetings. I I'm, I'm so good at general meetings. I love them. That's why I did so much reality television because you don't really audition for it. You go and do a general meeting and you just be yourself. Every every show I've ever done is Bert, they, uh, the mandate was let Bert be Bert, which I can be Bert, but I can't be the wacky neighbor. I can't be kooky. Yeah, and and I think that my my thing is I don't want to kind of disappoint the agency. Like they nope they, nope 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 nope. Fuck the agency. I'm telling. Fuck the agency. The agency, if they knew better, they would say fuck themselves too, because Mike Epps is Mike Epps because he brings Mike Epps to every fucking <laughs> right. Dude, Mike Epps is one of my favorite. He's one of my Boy, favorite. Mike brings every, bring Mike to everything. To a, everything. <laughs> to everything. Like, Dude, like in the Hangover, that's they just ran into Mike Epps. <laughs> that's Mike Epps. That's a little different version. It's a younger version of Mike Epps, you know? Dude, Mike Epps, there's a story, and I and I and I don't know if this is 100 percent true. By the way, I've partied with so many black comedians that don't remember me because I just was the white guy that sat by and giggled. Mike Epps came back to my apartment in New York and we stayed up all night talking and partying. And he told me a story about going in and auditioning for the UPN. And he was like, he was like, uh, he reads the role, and the guy's like, that that was absolutely fantastic. Can you just do it, like, do it one more time, a little less um, country. I'm having a hard time, you know, some of the words are, are, are folding into the other ones. And uh, if you could just do it with a little more, like, hip-hop, like like a little str- street, more street or less street, I don't, you know what I mean? I just want to understand you. And Mike's like, all right, all right. So he does it again. And you know, Mikey does it the exact same way. And the guy's like, okay. That was, once again, you're right for the role. That's, you're what we're looking for. I just, I can't hear, I can't understand you. And I have a feeling that people watching it won't understand what you're saying. So can you do it just like one more time, but more in like a New York, LA kind of black, like, uh, like as, as opposed to this Southern, uh, you know, does it, that make sense? Mike goes, yeah, let me read it one more time. Fuck you, motherfucker. How did, did you understand that? And he got up and walked out. Now, trust me when I say, I bet his agents were fucking livid. But a story like that to me, I go, yeah, that is exactly who the fuck they're looking for. By the way, he didn't book the role. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, Mike has been Mike for as long as I've known him. You know, um, yeah, I, I don't know what this is, this Hollywood thing. You know, because I stay in Houston and, you know, I kind of shield myself away from all this nonsense it's, I'll tell you this is all the knowledge I've accrued in this one year this one year I have I've been saying this a lot and I, and I hope that it resonates in a honest vibe and not by definitely not an arrogant vibe but an honest vibe but like I have had this year I've had what's what I, I consider survivor's remorse mm-hmm. because I I feel like I got I finally got out of Hollywood. I mean, I finally got out of the rat race that is Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The the feeling that you have before an audition, like now I just turn down every audition. I just turn down all of them. And I go, yeah, if so, if someone brings me something where they're like, this is definitely you, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll audition, but I, I really just don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck because the road is so good to me right now and my podcast is so good to me and the projects that I'm working on by myself are so mine that that's all I really want to do. And so now, and now I can say without any regret with it, with it, and with a ton of regret that I fucked up when I was younger. Cause I looked at it like this will get me to the next level. Not realizing that me being me will get me to the next level. 
Me creating my own projects will get me to my next level. And I have friends that are like, yeah, I got an audition, man. I hope I book it. That'd be great, man. Fucking 25 grand, 15 grand for this guest starring. And I just go, I just go, man, I, I'm so glad that I don't care about that. And then once you don't care about that, once you realize that you're going to sell tickets on the road, you're going to be a podcast favorite with everyone's podcast. You are going to be a comics favorite, a comedy central favorite. Like you are so unique. You are such, you are such an individual that no one can replicate. Like if, if, if you go up on stage, the second you start speaking, no one remembers who was before you and no one cares who's coming after you. They are involved in your moment. And I'm telling you this from a person who's been in the business 19 years and seen a lot of people. And I can look at people now and go, oh yeah, this guy's totally fucking different. Dude, Nick DiPaolo did this joke that was on that was on fucking Facebook today that yeah, it, it's a borderline, it's borderline a little racist, but man, undeniable black and white find it fucking funny and i go wow he is really himself he is really being his true artist spirit and to think of, of a guy like nick DiPaolo going in and trying to fit the mold of what someone wants i always say i i think i think you got here with no one's help no one got you here you got you here that's it you that's it dude i got here with a lot of help. <laughs> I've, been, I've been blessed by a lot of people giving me opportunities that I failed on. All of them. I failed on all of them. But that is I, that is the one thing I look back and I go, I go, when when, and you're in the spot, when you're in that lane of being just authentically you, that is so different than anyone else doing it. Look at, look at every, and I say this, look in your demographic of who you you would theoretically be up for against in roles, you know, and it's just a bunch of younger black kids, older black guys, not knowing what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the Kevin Hart thing. They're trying to do the, the DL thing. They're trying to do the D Ray thing. They're trying to do like, they're trying to do everyone's lane and you're created your own fucking lane. You're in your own lane. That's, that's, um, and I think that's the thing about this audition with me. I don't care if I book this gig or not. Cause it's not the, that's gig. the best way to go into that it. I want. It's not, I, Cause I, I'm not looking for a if some dude asked me this morning, Ali, what do you want? I said, man, I actually want to be one of the best touring comics. Like that's that's where I'm comfortable at. That's why I'm. I want I, if I don't want to say other people's words. I want to just you know try to change people with with what I've been through. You know, this is it's my own experience. My own experience. So so now I'm in this space where. I can deal with certain things like and people can't deal with certain things. I I understand the um the the middle income guy coming to the show first time ever seeing me and I'm saying that places are better than America cuz they have they don't have racism and healthcare to deal with and, and I'm giving you facts and information and then I'm I'm not up there talking about how I struggled and this that and the third and I'm saying well let's let's be kind of disingenuous sitting up here saying oh I'm, I'm raising the projects I'm struggling but I have on a pair of $1,500 boots yeah. at the time that I'm saying it that's very disingenuous so like my prison life and the 20 years of you know I you know I have kids <clears throat> and I've been other places. I, I was flashing people in Amsterdam with a raincoat on with some strange white dude that I just met 
And it's like I have different experiences, and I understand that a lot of people don't even like that. And you get in your inbox, go back to Africa. And and then they, if you're going to give me a racial thing, at least allow me to be able to respond back. And I had a and I have a good one. There's one dude that was very brave. He he allowed me to respond back. So I don't know how you can stop somebody. You can lock them out where they can't respond to it. Dudes, if you don't like this country, you should go back to Africa. You black son of a da 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 da. He he gave me everything. Gave me everything he had. And I text. I type back. I said hello, sir. <laughs> um, unfortunately. I would love to go back to Africa, but I'm not from Africa. <laughs> My people are from Haiti. Now, if you want to swing by Haiti, we'll more will be more willing to jump off the boat. <laughs> but I don't think that you can remember where your ancestors stole me from. So stole me. <laughs> so, um, I would love to um, entertain you more, but I would rather have a cold Guinness with you. Do you drink Guinness? <laughs> yeah. And, he responded back, I drink Guinness. <laughs> and that was, that was like, that was it. And like, I guess he just wanted, that was the night he was so mad or he may have been drunk or may have misunderstood something that I said. Yeah, people got people, upset that people night. People misunderstand shit all the fucking time. Women, women, hey, um, stop assaulting me on Facebook. I'm going to say what I want to say. I don't, some things I don't like about y'all. I wouldn't trade you for nothing. Yeah. I wouldn't trade you for anything. But hey, I think that some things men do are only to appease women. Like only, that's it. And you make men, you, you make me look like a Neanderthal because you catering and I won't. And now I got to argue with my woman because you, you know, I'm not celebrating Valentine's Day. I don't give a damn what happens. I'm not sending her nothing. I don't care. Yeah. And it's it's stupid, yeah. and women you 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 don't like anything like, oh, and then you get the other thing. You told me, and you told me this is my fault because you told me to do the prison ride joke. You told me do Mexican on boots. You told me do it. Do you know how many times? Do you know how upset people get today or go home and write me? Your show was fantastic. I you know I liked it would have been so much better if you would have just did Mexican got on boots but maybe next time you'll find time and you I'm talking it's a long thing and then they put sad eyes at the end of it I'm like I feel so bad that I Dude, this way, I'm telling you I I dropped I dropped my show, show down to a two person show so that that 10 minutes where you have a host you know I don't have that and I have the first guy do like 15, 20. And then I do my hour of what I'm working on, the stuff that I'm super, super passionate about, mm-hmm. that I'm figuring out. I just talked about this in therapy I, today. I was like, I was like, yo, uh, I, I, the, I, my problem with stand up is when you're getting ready for an hour, when you're gearing up for it, you have to do that, that hour. You have to tighten it. You have to, and the the only joy I'm finding in doing that hour is when you find little wording, like uh, when you, when the wording for a joke tightens up so good, and you go, yes. "That's what I meant. That's what I meant." Yeah. Like I had this joke about uh, about 
I brought I brought a couple Diet Cokes to George. Not to like ruin what you're going to hear on the special, but you probably heard me say this on the podcast, so fuck it. I, I'm talking about being a bad dad, and I, um, I bring two Diet Cokes to school one day because I'm so hungover. And then the meeting starts, and I take a sip of the Diet Coke and realize I have a Coors Light. And I'm like, I brought two Coors Lights. And I, the wording, I couldn't figure the wording out until this weekend. This is what I, this is why I love stand-up is this one wording of where you say it the one time and you go, that's how it's meant to be said. And I said, I used to say, gentlemen, that's a game time decision. And I couldn't figure out what I knew. I, I knew I wanted to say that's a game time decision. So I murdered it. I knew those are the things, but that middle chunk and this week I said, that's like a finger in your asshole and an orgy. Do you pull away from it or do you push back into it? I pushed back into it and I murdered that course light. <laughs> and I was so happy with that phrasing because what kind of guy are you? If you're in an orgy and you feel a finger in your ass, are you the kind of guy that's like, hey man, no fingers in the ass? <laughs> are you the guy that's like, here we go. There we go. I party. Let's get down. And and that and, and those little phrasings are what I love about stand-up. I love when you catch... A fucking moment of a moment of of the universe lining up and the words come out perfect and then you go lock it in. I got it. And then you put it off to the side and you're like, all right, now what else do I need to clean up? That's what I love about stand-up. So I do that for one hour. I do that for one hour and then for 30 minutes, 15 minutes, I tell the stories they want to hear. And I go, I know why you guys came. I know you have a story that you love that you brought 10 friends to see. I had a guy that I had a guy. In the front row, uh, shout out to the dad. It's his 60th birthday. He brought his whole fucking family. He had watched the machine story 15 times, he said, at least 15 times online. And then proceeded to videotape it. Like, I started it, and he just put his phone up like this, just stuck it up in the air. And I go, are you being serious right now? He goes, this is fucking happening. Because it's his favorite story. He loves this story. He wanted a copy for himself. I told him, I was like, bro, at least put your phone in landscape mode. (laughs) I go, and you're getting, he's sitting on the side of the stage. I go, that's the worst angle ever. I go, put it in landscape mode. And by the way, you can find a much better version of this online if you want to watch it. And and then then he came out, he waited in an hour meet and greet line for me with his whole family, took his shirt off, gave me a big hug, told me it was, and, and now how would he have felt if I had done just the hour that I'm working on? By the way, he loved the hour I was working on, Mm -hmm. but like, but his, I, I believe this, his. His thing was I also I also came to hear that story. Now where I, I'm gonna have a hard time is when do I not when does that story separate itself from my act? Because you know if you ask Bill, Joe, Ari, Tommy, all my friends, they do it once, it's over. They do it once, it's over. Once again, I think you know I think those are their lanes. Allow me to be in my own lane where my show you come out and maybe you're there for a different reason than when you see Tommy. You know, maybe you're there for a different reason than when you see Ari, you know, or, or Bill, maybe you're there because this is your fucking night to throw down. Your wife's like, listen, we got an Uber. We got a babysitter. We got a hotel room. You know, we're going to really go hard. We're going to go to the bar that Bert, that Bert goes after and he's partying. We're going to take our shirts off. Listen, if I happen to take my shirt off, honey, it's okay. You know, like, so maybe you just got to be in your own lane, be your own thing and do whatever the fuck fits you. Yeah, I think, you know, and um really you when you hang out with with certain people, like man, it was I, I don't know if 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 I ever told you like it was a real blessing to do this is not happening cuz I met you and our and Joy and it, it's it's um you 
that your three, like I tell people, like when they always ask, have you, are you gonna ever do Joe Rogan? I'm like, yeah. I'm cool with the three horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> Four horsemen, that'd be great, but I'm cool with the three. Yeah. Um, because what I've learned in the course of being around, like, y'all are very free. Like everybody else, get everything you can, get everything they offer you, just take it, just go. And yeah, most of the time when I talk to y'all, like, hey man, uh, do it if you want to, if you don't want to, don't, and don't feel bad about it. Dude, like Joey, 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 Tom, and Ari are all perfect examples. And then Joe's a different entity. But those guys, Ari put out a Netflix special and then disappeared for four months. Who the fuck does that? Joey, <laughs> he told me, he called me up one day, one day concerned about me. Dog, I don't see your goddamn calendar. Who the fuck does Sunday shows? Get the fuck out of there on Sunday. I don't fucking leave that money on the table. You just don't, you don't need that money. You got to be there Monday morning for your girls when you go to school with them. And, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck am I doing Sunday show? I hate a Sunday show. Like, I'll add two Sunday shows, but one Sunday show? What the fuck? Mm. So I started canceling my Sunday shows. Tom was like, stop touring altogether. He's like, dude, do theaters, fuck clubs, do two theaters, and then take a couple day, take a couple weeks off. Then do two theaters, a couple weeks off. And I'm like, I, all of them have different approaches, mm -hmm. and they are like that. Tom will be the first one to tell everyone to go fuck themselves. He doesn't do radio. He doesn't do your podcast. He doesn't do anything. And I and I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Me, dude, I got I did a show in Detroit and then got a $1200 car service to take me to uh Indiana so that I could be there for the Pat McAfee show at eight in the morning because I wanted I, I like Pat McAfee and like and then part of me goes yeah I don't need to do it all my shows were sold out in Indy but I'm I believe in that I believe like I believe in I believe in the overextending yourself like if you're in an LA bang out everyone's podcast why wouldn't you you know if you're no. in New York do go do Sirius XM go bang it all out see what podcasts you can do like yeah. I believe in that um I also believe that you know if you're in a town like Houston where they got some big podcasts or Atlanta or or Edmonton, why not do them? But that's I mean everyone's got their different approach. But uh but yeah, I it would cool to it would be cool to hear you on Joe's. Joe's podcast, once you did Joe's, you'd never do ours again cuz nah, because he's like he's he gets out He's a great interviewer. Like, I'm a mediocre interviewer. The whole time anyone talks, I'm thinking about, what am I going to say next? <laughs> Joe's not that guy. The, the, the thing the thing with me, like, I, I, I've listened to, to Joe's. I've listened to a lot of people. But I'm always more, whoever I started with, I'm going to always do. I, yeah. could, I could do, it's like I could do, like, they would ask me, Johnny Carson could be interviewing people. They're like, Johnny Carson, I'm like, yo, I got to do Burt's first, then I go, come over <laughs> And they're like what? They're like, I don't, hey, I I just stick to what I'm yeah. I'm cool with and who's always been. But it's weird, man. It was R funny getting that email. I don't know who emailed me. Someone emailed me. Who who's who reps you? Um, UTA. Okay. Was it maybe Heidi? That do you work with Heidi? Um, probably. It's so many people at UTA. Yeah. But I I'm I'm managed by Sam Schaefer. Oh yeah, Sam texted emailed me. Yeah, was it Sam? No, Sam or Annie, uh, assistant probably. And but they were they were like someone emailed me. And they're like, 
um, would you be interested in having Ali Sadiq on? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course. I was like, I was like, yeah, why didn't he just text me? But I was like, I was like, you know what? This is better because now I can just forward this email to Leanne and Leanne will organize it. Because yeah. like if you text me, I go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I put in the date in my calendar and I don't tell anyone about it. I'm fucking horrible. <laughs> it's like they was reaching out to, you know, a bunch of niggas like, well, you gonna, I'm like, I know the people who I'm kind of going to do and which I'm more game to do. So, the billboard man driving riding up sunset and seeing a billboard i was like whoa i have a billboard up yeah on sunset and then my friend hit me with the one in times square this morning he was like i'm in times square look who's here as well i'm like oh this is that's deep so people like well did you get a picture with you in the billboard yes it's all on my instagram wait i want to see it it is all on my instagram (laughs) are you serious yeah how fucking cool is that it i don't even and i don't even know who to tell like i when i was talking to bill bellamy he was like yeah it's a billboard and because he's had one and like (laughs) like like, oh Oh, yeah he's probably had i guess he i guess that's Wait, how did, what's your Instagram so uh, everyone can follow you? Uh, Ali, A-L-I, Sadiq, S-I-D-D-I-Q. It, it, I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about the the, the Instagram following thing either. It's like, so fucking badass. And, like, do you do you try to get followers? Or, I, I don't do none of that. It's like all that new age what they think what they say is important I'm not doing none of that man that's fucking awesome that's really fucking cool shit this is the one in New York I think right yeah Times Square Times Square man oh fuck look at that that's so badass that's I mean for me in, in a lot of uh Maybe we should promote your special a tad bit. I know we'll do it in the intro, but we should talk about it. It's called "Is Bigger Than These Bars." is February twenty third. That is this Friday. This Friday is when it's airing on Comedy Central. So set your DVRs. Make sure to record it. I will have said this in the intro, but uh, that is fucking. That's fucking, dude. Those billboards, especially that one's like. I think you can see that from the store. Yeah. That's right above Pink Dot. Yeah. That's Ari had one right there, yeah. and I, Ari put Ari was like, Ari's not about fame, not about any of that shit, and even he took a picture with him in his billboard. Yeah, I, I saw a billboard of Nikki Glazer's show over on fucking Colfax and Magnolia <laughs> above a bail bonds, and I, I mean like no one's driving Colfax and Magnolia, and I took a picture and sent it to her. I was like, how fucking cool! You got a fucking billboard. I've never had a billboard for anything I've ever done. That's fucking awesome. You had the, you had everything else, man. You, it was, you know, it, it's certain people like I wanted a travel show like yours so bad. It's like, yo, your travel show was awesome. It I was think like, I think you just got to get you, what you should do. Tell them you want to set up a general meeting with Complex. You know Complex. Mm. Let me get the email that they sent to me, and I'll just send an email replying. So that the, we just cut this middleman in half. Ali. S-I-D-D-I-Q. T-I-Q. God, man. You should really, you should ever think about changing your last name to, uh, yeah, Heidi Feingen. Heidi Feingen. 
sent me that email. Let me reply to Heidi. I... Hey, Heidi. Dash, I'm sending this email on behalf of Ali. While he's in LA, can you guys set up a meeting with him in Complex? Dash, I think they'd love him. So, by the way, I'm... I, I'm. This is uh, this is one of the things wrong with me, but uh, I go I go. If I don't send this, you're gonna forget about it. And if you forget about it, one day they'll set it up, and you'll go in and you'll forget that this is where you should be. You should do a travel show for Complex. It won't be a ton of money, but it'll be amazing exposure. Amazing exposure. Yeah, I, I would definitely. And Complex, I took a meeting with Complex, and they were like. They were like very candid. It was this Asian guy. He's like, I'm sorry, bro. You're too white and old for us. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, we just want, we want an, a more, like he couldn't just say, if you could be a little blacker, we'd like you. <laughs> but, and I was like, I was like, hold on. You know, it, you never could do this a meeting to a black guy. You can never be like, sorry, you're too black for us. <laughs> like, hey, but, you're, you're way too black. Yeah. Sorry, man. You're, you're like, like 19 shades deeper than we're looking for. But Complex Media is doing it right. My buddy Sean Evans is an anomaly over there. He has a show called First We Feast uh, for, called uh, Hot Ones. We eat spicy wings. Mm -hmm. Ever seen that? Mm -hmm. Me and Joey were on it. Um, he also does a thing called, uh, he, called, um, uh, another he does another show for them, but ultimately, what Complex Media is, is just an urban perspective on life, a young urban perspective on life, and you would hit it out of the park with them, especially with a travel show. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, come up with whatever you want your travel show to be, but make it loose in the in your general meeting. Make it loose. Know your direction you want it in, but make it loose so that if they have something they're already working on, they can plug you into it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't start biting into that, then dial it in. But man, you'd be great on Complex. Yeah. And I just sent Heidi. Heidi will fucking reach out to all the guys over at UTA. And while you're here, dude, meet with Complex. And right now, especially, he's got a Comedy Central special coming out next Friday. You guys should meet with him while he's here. Dude, you that meeting will happen, and you'll end up doing fucking 13 episodes of something cool. Doesn't matter about the money. It'll be something cool. Name the 13 places you want to go in the world and see. Name the 13 places. I mean, I don't know what your pitch should be, and not to like heavy hand it, but that is the right area for you. Complex, Vice, like th those yeah, I'm, guys. I'm getting ready to do um, do some marketing on Vice with um, Deezus and Mero, that, that show. Dude, when are you doing Deezus and Mero? Um, the twenty first. Yeah, Fuck 21st. yeah! Oh, the, Vice is gonna steal you up. That's Vice's. I mean, Vice is killing it right now. Complex, I would say, is Vice's younger brother. But mm -hmm. Complex will be a little easier to get a show on. Vice is so blowing up. I did Jesus and Miro. That's one of the times when I realized I should just stay in my lane. Because <laughs> like, halfway through through there, I was like, I don't know if we have any commonalities other than the fact that we're all funny. Cause like I'm like an old white guy to them. Like I'm like, I'm like the broken part of the system. <laughs> like, like they look at me as like the guy in the country club. Hello, fellows. You know, they're fun as fuck, dude. I love them. Yeah, I love um, them. I, I'm, you know, every time I mention it, people are like, yo, you don't watch that show. I mean, you gotta understand. I don't watch TV a Just, lot. Uh, no, get online. Just follow them on Twitter. They are. In my opinion, they are breaking the mold of what late night t television is. Mm -hmm. And it is on television. No one's watching Viceland 
you know television series but man they're catching it online and that they're blowing up because of online yeah they have great fucking interviews and then the opposition i'm doing that what's that um it comes on it's like right after the daily show um Stu miller he's one of the producers of my special he he's one of the producers over there this opposition was uh, who's host tapper um jake tapper jason Oh, what's this dude's name? He came, he came off the Daily Show. Young um, white guy, very funny. Uh, um, what is his name? You wouldn't ask me. I would have said it. Jordan Klepper. Jordan Klepper. Uh, That's his name. Jordan Klepper. That's cool. Yeah, he's he's a he's a pretty. Yeah, way to do. Yeah, Tisa Samira is the fucking home run. Yeah, that's the that'll yeah. blow your shit up. <laughs> And and listen, can I be? I'm just I'm, only because I've gone through this whole media circus thing you're doing right now. I did it for my last special, mm-hmm. but I didn't do it before my special. I did it after my special because I don't know, whatever for whatever reason. I did it after my special because quite honestly, no one cared about my special, <laughs> and I set it up. I set it up all of it, not all. I mean, me and Reg, Reg, thank you, shout out to Reg, but. uh don't don't be afraid to tell all your best stories on Jesus and Miro. Don't be afraid to go on everything and tell your best stories. Don't be afraid to because because not everyone watches everything. So don't feel like you need to tell one thing on one and one thing on another. If if Jesus and Miro goes, uh, so you've been in prison. Do feel free to do Mexicans got on boots. The way you did it on the way you did it on Ari's show. The best way you do it. Feel free to tell it to them. Let them chime in. Be free with it. Answer their questions, but drive that story because, man, trust me when I tell you. If you tell that story on Jesus and Miro, that'll go viral. That'll like that. Like, be, feel free to do because I did that on their show. I went in. I told the Machine story. I told the Will Smith story. I told every. I told all my home runs. That's it. <laughs> I went on and did Sean. I did First We Feast, and I told all my best stories. I was like, that's. A, People, this might be the only thing people see of me. Mm-hmm. You know, this might be the only thing they may just see this, and that's how they come to my shows. But man, I get so many people telling me they saw me on Jesus and Mirror. They say so many people from First We Feast. Man, that I'm, I'm, dude, I'm so excited for you. What was the? Where did you shoot the special? Inside of um this prison in Austin. So for real? Yeah, we went inside, shot it. You know, we um. I didn't want to do what um and 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 big shout out to um to to Monique for you know doing her thing and Johnny Cash and um my man um what's my guy's name Jeff Ross Jeff Ross I saw him in Montreal gave me the biggest compliment he like yo man your special is not like any of ours because I haven't been to prison Monique hasn't been to prison Johnny Cash is playing music you actually cause he Stu Miller produced his and he was like Stu was telling me about it he was like yo man telling me he has my blessings he gotta do it and it was big shout out to Jeff Ross. Your first time back to prison since you yeah, were in prison. Since since I was in prison. So <laughs> Dude that, that what was the reception like when you went came out? It was, you know, not being actually in that facility but you know i i went before and you know visited a couple of prisons me and Stu, and that was weird um we was looking for prisons to shoot it in and Stu was like what you think about this one and i turned to him i say did you feel scared and he was like no 
so exactly yeah and so he was like well what is the real difference between texas prisons and everywhere else and i really couldn't explain it to him you know further than what i was doing so we um was in oregon in an oregon prison visiting people whatnot and we in this particular area and this guy says hey you know i'm from um from texas I said, oh, really? He said, you know, I was locked up in Texas before as well. And Stu and the captains and everybody standing around in production. I say, so what's the difference between Oregon prison and Texas prison? What you think? And he simply says, Oregon's a lot safer. Yeah. And then we went on and I turned, we was in the hallway and I turned to Stu. I said, now do you get what I'm saying about a Texas prison? Yeah. I said, man, it's been in both. And he's sitting there like, this is way safer. Yeah. And like, you know, because Texas prison is wild. Like, I almost got into it with a dude while I was there shooting. Are you serious? I'm like, dude, like, challenging me, like, who are you? I'm like, who are you? Like, who you talking to, man? Yeah. Like, and I snapped back to that to that mentality like yo man who are you talking to man like dude you must think that it's I don't know what you think but whatever you think is gonna be bad for you my dude and the officer's like oh and the funniest part I'm like, I know this not on the special cause it's, it couldn't be people say well, what was it like being back in there it was a lot of weird touchy times in there so we're getting ready to shoot this. Big shout out to Victoria English, the legal person over at Comedy Central. Yeah. <laughs> she She's amazing. It's a scene where they're about to shoot this scene to where they're going to put my hand on a fingerprint machine. Yeah. And I walk in and I said, um, what, what's about to happen right here? And the director and Christian, kind of everybody's very excited about this scene. Like, okay, she okay is like this. He's like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. You gonna walk in? You gonna walk you through here? And then you're gonna put your hand on the machine, and then your name's gonna come up, and your fingerprint's gonna come up, and da da da. And then this is what's gonna happen. And I'm standing there like this. What is that machine? What is that machine connected to? It's like it's like the and it's choking. It's like the 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 database, like the the criminal. Database. And I'm like this. Chioke, do you think that I'm about to put my hand on that machine? And he's like, this is me, and he's. It's gonna be great. Like he, great. your name will he, pop up. He's any of your priors, any like have you ever worn out for yourself? That, that'll, he's <laughs> totally oblivious to like, but the people at Comedy Central have they know my transcript and they know. And Victoria comes over and she says, "What's what's going on? What's going on?" I said, "Victoria, do they did do y'all think I'm gonna put my hand on that machine?" And she says, "What machine?" I said, "This um." Chioke like let me tell you this thing like she, he tells this thing and Victoria literally with her books and everything she's looking at him in his eyes like no no he's not gonna do that no he Chioke 
he's not an actor. He's a real, like he, he's real chill okay? he, He's That's not happening. Yeah. Whisper, whisper to Christian. <laughs> then you hear, okay, next scene. <laughs> like, like, and I turned to Chioke and I'm like, Chica, are you, were you serious? Like, like, are you, like, for real, for real. Like, were you, like, real life serious? He's like, pardon me. I forget. You not like her? Like, 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 I'm a real street dude, dude. Like, yeah. I put my hand on that. And it's got all type of bells and whistles. Like, come on, man. I'm not trusting that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're like, yo, yo, yo. We got him. He's right here. Put him back in. It's like, like the people would be like, no, no. And like, it'd be horrible. I told Ann Harris. It's like, that'd be horrible. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, good job, everybody. Special's completed. It's a wrap. Um, everybody out. No, no, no. No, no. Ali. No, no. You. Let's talk to you. Um, good special. Great special. But you have to stay. Hey, uh, can you empty your pockets out? <laughs> what, they, what you should have done is said, yeah, I'm going to put your hand on and then just use one of the white producer's hands. <laughs> and then, oh, fantastic. No priors. Let's go. Man, like, yeah. I, it, it, that it, is so it funny. It was so intense right then. I was like, yo, man, this is not, this is not happening. This is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, were there guys in there that was were like, with the energy from the audience, were there guys in there that are that are like, like could they I get I mean theoretically I'm I got an eye on the watch I'm not gonna let you Mm-mm, no I'm I'm I'm, I'm making sure I, I'm I'm not but it, I'm trying to hope that you give me a, an excuse <laughs> to be like hey I ran late y'all yeah. don't, y'all don't want to see me fine <laughs> sports bra and walk out that's, just, that's the first line no. of the whole thing we'll, sports bra and I'm gonna walk out. <laughs> we'll get you to it because this will be you know why this will be the one that you go in and you really don't give a fuck about in your book <laughs> and then they'll go you know what we see him as the lead <laughs> and I'm um, like, so were there guys in there that like did when they picked an audience for that did they have to do an audience where they're like all right let's clearly we don't want the white supremacists they're gonna be a bad audience everybody everybody they got everybody uh guys doing life everybody everybody who who um were on their way to prison awaiting some um doing transfers if you were mexican black asian chinese white whatever you were female yeah, we have we have really? we have some women as well. And what I'm what I'm been scrolling for the last five seconds trying to get to is the trailer. I don't oh know, shit! I don't Let know, me see. I don't know if they 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 didn't send it to me. They didn't send it to you. So hold on. Let me get it to you. And I, I don't know. I'm so bad at this. And so and we just started over because I'm so horrible. I was incarcerated for six years. That's why I came back to do my special here. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all for being here. Now, it's not like y'all had a choice. <laughs> Played the over 40 basketball league. Shot the ball, hit the jumper, back went out. You know, when you go out a gym on a stretcher, you know you can never go back to the gym again. <laughs> not a lot of cushion. I feel every crook, every cranny. <laughs> Officer said, I'm gonna see about you seeing a judge, but right now we need to put you in this holding cell. I am embarrassed for somebody who got busted the first time with five kilos of coke. Now you got me here on a goddamn half a blunt. I'm, I'm ashamed of me and you. Ooh, the boy getting ready. Are you serious? I step all over this bitch. Damn. That looks great. Can I, 
I'll tell you what I love about your special right now. I love these interstitials. I love you talking with the inmates. I love your set design. I love your, what you wore. I love the, the lighting of the room. I love the lighting of the room. Man, this is all stuff that when you're doing a special that you have to pay attention to. Because like we're going through this right now. And they... um. Oh, I love that they did it with those two doors right behind it. Those two cells right behind it. Yeah, um, I come out of one of them on the special. I come straight out the cell. Oh, it's 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 dope. It's um, um, who's who's shooting it? Who's shooting your special? Who uh, you doing it with? Netflix. Make sure, like I know you know this. I don't know anything. It's it's the. Like I didn't know that looks great, and you you have energy on stage, and like that's the beauty of it. It's like I'm looking at my stage, going like, is it big enough to walk? I want to make sure I move a little bit, but you got great energy on stage, which is so, which is so not like you are a sit down storytelling like beautiful vibe. But I love that you got that you there's energy on your act. That's great. That's it, fucking awesome. You um. Like you tell, man, just focus on what you want to say and let them people who do act. Because, man, it was so, I was, ah, I need to do, I don't, I don't want the light. And it would be small things that they would send me clips of to, to approve. And I could only hear, no matter what I was looking at, I could only hear the material. I could only see yeah. me. I, I'm looking at my thing. But then they would come with something this big I think we need to change it and you look at it you like oh shit that looks way better yeah you know because it's certain job your job is to do your show yeah. it's people who got a eye for like I know what he has what this lighting has to be yeah I, and, I, I'm going through that I we just got a set design in this morning and I, I was like I don't even know I don't know it looks it looks great <laughs> and then it's gonna be somebody's like no everyone's like no i don't like those lights and but i love what i love is the color of the background just loves the color and i love that i love this theater this theater's fucking this theater that i'm doing it in it's uh i'm excited for but that turned out perfect that's what comedy you know it bums me out that comedy central doesn't do more specials like they don't they don't throw money at specials because they know how to do specials man they, they, I mean, not that Netflix doesn't. Netflix completely does. But man, Comedy Central has been doing specials since day one. Yeah. They and when they, when you get it's like Ann Harris, oh. she, when she, like she, she's that's that's what she does. She has a different. <laughs> what's Ann's? What's Ann's cohort? Uh, Chris, no, Chris uh, Christian. No, the other. They're Ann and uh, Ann and. My brain is, it's been a while since I hung out with these ladies. They were, oh, um, but like everyone. She, what's that lady that I met with Ann? I just talked to Ann so much that I almost don't even remember anybody else but Ann and Christian. Yeah, <laughs> Ann, I know Ann, know who I'm talking about. Joanna. Joanna. Yeah, yeah Joanna. Yes, Joanna. Ann and Joanna, they, I mean, they have such a pedigree in comedy now, granted, both of them are probably like, oh, we don't think you're that funny, Bert. But, <laughs> but, but uh, they have, and even I know the guys who acquire, who pick, who I think 
I forget. I'm really bad with names, but they, the guys, all the guys from Comedy Central. I know there's been a shakeup. They're so good at comedy. They're so good at yeah. doing stand-up specials that I feel like it bums me out that they don't do more. You know, I, th- I think they they so caught up in television that I, I think and that's they, where they make their money yeah. it's like you know they make their money and put on your special get the fans to find you and then give you a tv show or do your own yeah. thing you know i i can't dude workaholics is one of my favorite shows ever you know the Chappelle show tough crowd yeah all the stuff they've done i love i love what comedy central does it stinks too because i you know i don't i think i've just aged out of that network as a white guy no fucking kids want to watch me you know I, like I'm I'm finding I don't know who wants to watch watch me. I'm just everyone. To, I'm just everyone. To get. Dude, when you let me tell you something. When you're black, you have no age. <laughs> <laughs> you see a white guy like me and you're just like, is he losing his hair? Oh, this looks like my dad. <laughs> you get let me look at Charlie Murphy found a success in his forties on that network. Charlie Murphy became a god to everyone in his forties. You know, after not even really doing stand, and not even trying to do stand up, <laughs> just telling a story. He told one story, became a god. By the way, one of the best storytellers ever. I, and I would argue, not on stage, off stage, off, off stage. And you hear him on a podcast. He told a story on Snoop Dogg's podcast. That's one of my favorite stories ever. I isolated that clip the day he died and posted it. For that's how great of the story he it was. Charlie Murphy. Um, you know, it's one of them things. Again, you've been I've been around so long that I have these personal experiences with Charlie Murphy. Called me one day because I, I used to do this this story about white people jogging and me because I moved into this neighborhood, gated community, didn't know it was all white people, and you know I'm trying to fit in. You know I got a bike. You know I bought a giant. You know I didn't even know these bikes existed. You know I'm used to Huffy Swin, Mongoose. So yeah. I go buy a real bike. A giant um, Fiji, whatever, all these little bikes, Cannondale. Yeah. And I'm like, when I first I picked up the giant, and the man was like, yo, that'd be um, $2,800. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want all these bikes. I just want this one. Like, I'm not buying one bike. It's like, that's not like a, you know, that's a used car, right? Yeah. You know, that $2,800 is a used, a used Monte Carlo at least. Like, <laughs> and, and I bought this bike, and so I'm cycling. And literally, the the rumors in the street was that I had lost my truck because I was riding a bike. Yeah, that I lost my truck. I said, like, "So why would they be saying that?" So I'm like, "Okay, maybe that's just black people. It's just black people, whatever." So then, all these white people every morning they jog, they get up and they jog. So I said, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out there one morning. I'm gonna go jogging. Five thirty morning. I'm out running." Get stopped. I was like, sir, what, what, why are you stopping me? Yeah. He said, where are you running from? My house? Yeah. Where's your house? Right in. I'm like, and I told my neighbor, I said, you know what's crazy? That you jog every morning. Have you ever been stopped? He's like, no. I said, that's a shame. I can't even jog him out own neighborhood because y'all think I'm running from a crime scene and I used to do that <laughs> and, so you're wearing a tracksuit. I know that's popular with your youth your culture like, man are those Jordans me. no they're just fucking running shoes and literally the man who stopped me he was 
he lived in the apartments. He lived in the in the community. Yeah. He's like five houses down. He's the security dude that's for the yeah. seal. What is it? Seal security thing. I'm like, you know, you my neighbor. Like yeah. you literally <laughs> live, and I am the only black family over here. At that time, I was the only black family. I'm like, how are you mistaking me? Yeah, how, like for real, for real. How you mistaking me, dude? You live. I I saw you at the home moment. At the like, they, they do a whole thing. Yeah, did they come to your house? And I didn't know y'all did that. I had no clue y'all did that. Because in the projects, nobody comes to your home when you move into the projects. Nobody say, hey, welcome to the projects. Welcome to hell. Don't nobody do that. <laughs> welcome but to hell. I, you move into this gated community, they want to meet the new resident. And I'm in my house. Doorbell rings. I open the door. It was like 400 white people outside the door. And I slammed the door. And I called the police. I said, hey, they protesting. <laughs> I'm like, you were there. You, yeah. was, you was a part of the protest. Are you going to stop me? Good stop God. Me. Not, now, that's, this lady named Sandy, She um she's very convincing. She's a white soccer mom. She's very convincing. I, I think my name is on every petition that she signed for the neighborhood Yeah. against the homeowner. So I think I'm on everything. <laughs> and it's like, I won't sign other things, but she comes. She's very nice. She comes. We have a problem in the neighborhood. And I'm like... What is the problem? Like I don't know why she can pull me into anything. We have a problem. Yeah, like I don't even care about the trees in the front of the. I don't care. I don't even see the tree. I come in the back of the. I don't even see what's going on. We need a new playground. My children don't even go to the to the playground in front. But lo and behold, I walked up the other day. It was all type of construction up there. Apparently, for real. Sandy has struck again. <laughs> she has struck again. Oh, I'm so fucking excited for your special, man. Man, I don't even know how to take it. It's like, what if, I don't even know what to do now. It's like you do a special and I just start writing on another one. I just start writing this special called Ego. And hopefully somebody pick it up after this one and just say, well, you know, he already had something else written. Ego is a lot of things. You know, you, you made it in Ego. That's crazy. Because it most of my stand-up comes from my experiences with my people while I'm around. Yeah. You know, and you can you can teach people something without actually having to talk to them about things. My confidence as a man went up at least 10 to 15% once I met you. You're the only man that I've ever known. Very manly person. Very outgoing person. And this is what sold it for me. I said, yo, do you know this? I've seen him on TV. I've seen him in person. This is the only man that I've ever known that his toenails have been painted and I haven't thought anything other than that <laughs> he's a right, man. That's right, my toenails were painted at the time. I was like, yo, I'm like, I don't know how, but it's like, if I if I know if I painted my toenails, if I hurt, if I hit my toe and all of my toenails were black, they would say something. Like it's like <laughs> I'm like, yo, I've seen this man. And I'm not, and his aura is still, he's still, but it's nothing like his toenails. Like simple. <laughs> I don't think this man ever has on shoes when I see him. It's like toenails painted. Like yo, what? <laughs> I was oblivious to it. I used to love the way it looked. I look at my feet and I go, yeah. <laughs> And it's like uh, you just knock that whole disclaimer down. Like if your toenails painted something wrong with you, it's like yeah, no, his toenails painted black. It's like 
whatever. You know, maybe his daughters did it. Maybe he did it. We did it. Me and my girls did it right before we were getting ready to go to Hawaii. This is because I, I got it done like a bunch of times after that. Right before we were going to Hawaii, and then I'd be on the road and I'd see my toes, and I'd go, "Oh yeah, that time we went to Hawaii." Because I'd remember we'd all put our feet in the water and all our toenails were painted, and they, they were like, "Oh, look at our toes." And I go, "Oh, that time in Hawaii." And then and then I had to be like on the road for Travel Channel, and I was like, "Fuck, I'll." This way I won't miss them. So we'd all go get them painted again. And now that you say that, I think we should all go get them painted right before my special. We'll paint them. And that way I'll be like, yeah, at least I got my toenails painted. My big thing now is I got, uh, I, I'm, I'm really into uh, shoes for the first time ever in my life. Like I've never really been into shoes ever. What type of, what type of shoes? Uh, I got these really great Jordans, black and gold. The the beautiful um, the one like the ones you always wear the ones no 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 uh, they're not like your blue and your blue and red ones no your, no your blue and black ones my blue and black ones I loved see that that's that shoe I love that Jordan yeah that I don't all rest of Jordans I but that, that particular Jordan. that style of Jordan yeah because that was actually Moses Malone's shoe really that that's the, that was the that was the Nike Air Force One. The high top. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they made it a, a Jordan Air Force. But Moses Malone was the first one to wear them shoes. Really? You don't remember the um the poster, um, Nike Force, where they had on the, the long Judge um, oh, yeah. robes, and they all had on the Nike. Those the same yeah. Nikes. That's the ones I like. Yeah, the That's, same ones. These ones are Jordans with just all black, kind of like a, like a, not a crocodile black, but like a, like it's got it's yeah, a that, it's a wrinkled black iguana, almost that gu- yeah. iguana look that he had with a black stripe but a gold outline on it. Mm. It's just it's they're 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 muted. So like I'm gonna wear them on my special and they'll be look they'll look like nice shoes but they're not gonna be over the top. You aren't you aren't gonna be like oh look at his shoes. You know I want him, I want my shoes to be subtle. That's that's um that's because I wanted my shoes to be very subtle as well. But um it's subtle. People don't know what they are. But when you said you was into shoes, this is for the, like the first time I've I've always liked fashion. But it's certain shoes that I wanted. Like I wanted a nice Chelsea boot. I wanted oh yeah, because I, I I used to always see these rich, like small frame Spanish dudes that would wear these perfectly tailored jeans on these just see I don't even know what these like little Spanish Ralph Lauren boots or something yeah it's like a European yeah. looks like a boot that can navigate a cobblestone well yeah the, <laughs> yeah so you know just like a little shirt and it's always I don't know why this shirt was always pressed right with the V with like the stop right there with business jacket on like I like that nice I always had a nice Rolex that's the I think that's the only watch that I actually want is a rolex oh i i know which one i want want um it's the it's the uh i just i took a picture of it and sent it to russell peters russell peters like yeah i got that and i was like what and then he's and then you know russell knows everything he's like if you get the steel it looks like the white gold and it's half the price see that's what i want the steel i want the steel one and i'll I'll, sh- I'll tell you the one I'll show you the one I want uh, Rolex that's really expensive and I was like maybe I'll treat myself to it and then I was like or I can just get my teeth kids teeth fixed yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what I don't I don't wear watches that, I mean I wear I have a I have a nice Rolex now so I, I wear that and I but I, I don't 
like right now I'm just wearing this Phoenix 5X. It's a running watch yeah. because I'm concerned with trying to lower my heart rate. When, like I'm watching my heart rate, watching my sleep. Rolex, uh, hold on. Uh, aviate, not aviator. What's a word for flying? Aviator, aviator. traveler, um, t- uh, uh, God damn it. Let's just go to the Rolex place and I'll find it. Uh, yeah, I know, I know the Rolex watches. Rolex, let's see. Right now everyone's going, are you really Googling Rolexes, Bert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skydweller, Skydweller. Squad. Skydweller. Sky Let me show you this watch. Tell me what you think of it. Okay. This is not the one I want. I want white gold. <laughs> Jesus. Rolex Sky Dweller. Let's see if I think you View all Sky Dweller models. Yeah. Give me the most expensive one, please. Hmm. <laughs> Sky Dweller White Gold. Here it is. You ready? Yeah. I'm I ready. love this fucking watch. I'm this ready. can't be right. But this this is the watch. That's the watch. Yeah. I've, I already knew which one you. This is the classic Rolex look. And it's big too. Like it's, like my watch right now is not as big, but is uh, is. See, my watch is not this. This is a Father's Day gift um, from eight years ago. Wait, put mine on and tell me how good mine looks on your wrist. Gold always looks good on black men's wrist. Man. <laughs> put mine on and just tell me how good it looks on your wrist. Is it, is, Dude, is this almost rose gold? It's rose gold. Dude, gold always looks better on black men's wrists. It, it always looks soft on a white guy's wrist, <laughs> but on black dudes, you guys can rock gold so much better. It is nice, though. Yeah, the Sky Dwellers are Oh, little... this is a nice... I don't even know how to take this off. Oh, there it is. <laughs> that's, a, that's... <laughs> that's a good excuse. I don't know how to take it off. Well, it was good. I got to get that out audition. Yeah, the Sky Dweller is the one I want. It's beautiful. I told Russell Peters, and Russell's like, yo, get the steel one. It's, it's, I think he was like, and then Segura's like, just buy it. Just fucking buy it. And I was like, no. It's a good it's, man. I, like, it, I can't, I don't know how to justify that money. Um, I hope someone sends me one. Like, somebody just like, congratulations on your special from, from some strange place. Like, hey, hey, we'll put that out there. Hey, guys, if there's any, just, if you're just an heir, like someone who's just got tons of money. I told my, my therapist that today. I was like, maybe I was just meant to be an heir or a prince or a sheik. <laughs> Because I don't like working a ton. I'd li- I like the the life of leisure. P.O. Box 66564, Houston, Texas, 77266. Just in case. Just in case some some well-to-do woman oh. needs some young man that she wants to well keep. You're just going to get boxes and boxes of dillos. <laughs> Like, like I, I can, cause my friend works at where my PO box is. My friend works there, and he'll call me. Hey, you have a lot of stuff in your box. I can imagine him calling me. Look, dude. Oh, you have several penises <laughs> and plastic dildos. Like some dude sent me some lighters. He's like, I saw you smoking one time on your pod, on, on something, and I think it was somebody's podcast I was smoking on. He sent me some lighters. Oh. Guy just sent me, uh, guy just reached out to me on email and he goes, hey, would you like 
a smell proof bag. And my wife's like, smell, who wants a smell proof bag? Why would you care if someone can smell inside your bag? I go, babe, it's so I can travel with weed. And she was like, oh, I was like, definitely tell him to send me that fucking bag. <laughs> I definitely want a smell proof bag. Definitely tell him to send me that bag. Yeah. I have them. I have those bags. I would love it. I would love it if if someone sent you a fucking Rolex. If that someone just sent, was like, yo. I would, do you understand? I was, I would send you a thousand pictures with the Rolex. I'm like, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. Your podcast is amazing. Guys, <laughs> you can think about this. If you have a company and you want advertising, just send Ali a Rolex and then just say, hey, just once a week on your Instagram, can you just give me a shout out? <laughs> I'm starting, I'm going to start a podcast and they're going to be the sponsor. <laughs> Cause I, I finally, I finally found um, someone who I would be cool with doing a podcast with. And, you know, cause I know I'm not going to, do all the technical stuff I know I'm not so I have yeah. to find someone and it's like um, I don't have a good time finding people to work with because certain people they just too mm. and I'm, I'm very on time you know I don't like being lost I don't like being I don't like a lot of things I, I really don't I don't like being confused and it's certain people okay with being confused I'm really not okay with being confused it bothers you to be in in the dark on something I'm like I cannot know things that don't have nothing to do with me but if it's something contained to me hey man give me all of the information oh yeah like I'm telling you me going into this this audition is like y'all do know that I don't care cause it's not if you can bring in that I don't care, if you can bring into an audition that I don't care, but I'm I'll be the best thing you ever had. Like if I man, I I'd be curious. I'd be curious to hear people like uh DL or Bill Bellamy tell me how they auditioned, you know? I, I, or like or like even like even like Vince Vince Vaughn's a bad example cuz he did that one movie and then he blew up. I don't think he even had to audition. But like Jake Gyllenhaal auditioned a lot, you know? Like I w- I would love to know how to audition properly. I talked to someone who booked a bunch of things the other day. And and you know, some people they get roles and create roles for themselves and they are so what they're looking for, you know? I'm not that I'm not really what anyone's looking for. I'm what no one's looking for. Like, oh, you're <clears throat> out of your fucking mind. It's like on on when it comes to how I look as a man and how my like doing stand up for me now is more of a challenge to me because I've been to your show. People know what to expect from you. You, yeah. you you've done enough for people to know exactly what you do. And if you if somebody mistakenly comes to your show, they can get caught up in the energy of what you're doing. <laughs> if someone mistakenly I like if, that idea. If somebody's like, okay, we don't know, we've never heard of him. We just going to see some guy and you have in Houston. Yeah. In Houston. You came to Houston. Yeah. I remember being in town and my me and my friend met up there had no clue. Who she was going to see. I said, hey, just me with the improv. Sitting there, like, a lot of white people in here. Who is this? <laughs> I'm like, it could be DL. It was like, yeah, it could be DL, but who you come out and you know how it's comics. I, as soon as you came out, I'm there. Then people start talking to me and I went into the bar and she's there by herself. Yeah. I come back and she's literally under the table. <laughs> he was like, I've never heard him. He's insane. 
she just caught up and this is like uh i'm hood i don't really you know he ain't smoking weed and talking crazy on like and he was like she was really like yo and i think she she's followed you since then and she never knew ari you know it's like yeah. this other comedy is such a a thing like man i had the best time at zany's when on doing doug doug show yeah and it's all it's up all of us up there and they don't know me you know y'all but now people just getting caught up and i was, I was i'm telling you it's still hysterical to me like one time you know i was in blackface you know when it was blackface was cool i said <laughs> Bert, when was blackface cool? Blackface was never cool. You know, like, yeah, like one th- it, it used to be like, yeah, no, like, it wasn't. It was like late, never. Late 70s, early 80s. Like, like, you, like, you, like, you said, I'm like, it was never, it was never cool. Like, and, and even though people, like, it wasn't even a racial thing. It was like me and you just talking. And I just, like, Bert, like, blackface was like, like, like when I was in college, like it was, like it was a thing. Like, <laughs> dude, there's a video out of the of the high school cheerleaders at our school dancing. This has got to be 87, 88, dancing to Sir Mix-a-Lot's "Baby Got Back," and they're all dressed in blackface. And you showed you told yeah. it to me that, yeah. that time. I'm like, and the when people talk to me about, hey, I saw that thing. I said, man, did you see the energy of everybody? It was just like, we just all comics. Yeah. And it's not, it's it's more of a camaraderie of funniness than any than anything else. There's, it's, it's the one thing that makes, it makes translating that di- difficult to audiences sometimes because my, comf- my comfortableness, it doesn't change. Like when I talk to you and I say things to you, I know that I'm not, I know that I'm in a safe place. Yeah, it's you not know, like earlier when I was like, Asians have a problem with lines. Like, I'm not saying that to Hey, I'd say that to Ali Wong. I'd say that to fucking anybody because I want to hear their perspective as well. We, we're, we're willing to share the currency of opinions and, and grow from those opinions. And people in today's society, they just don't want to share those. They want to say their opinion and be right. People think their opinions are facts. They're like, no, it's just your opinion. Yeah. And your opinion is scoped by how you were raised or what your environment was or what you just allowed yourself to be influenced by. Like, I'm in, I was always influenced by Don Rickles. So, I, you know, go figure. You know, yeah. I've always liked Don Rickles. Like, you can, you can, it'd be very hard pressed to find me say something bad about Don Rickles yeah. or even any movie. And Don Rickles went hard in the paint. <laughs> he he said he said I remember him looking at an Asian guy in an audience and he goes uh, five years in the jungle is looking for your grandfather five years in the jungle like and I remember going like what a fucking who says that five years in the jungle looking for your grandfather five years he just he would fucking flamethrow Don Rickles was insane man and I loved him for every every word but then you know I like. Franklin Jai and I like and I like yeah. you know Phyllis Dilla you know then you come around it's you Ari Joe and Bert and um and, and I mean and Bill Bill Burr and you know it's my comedy knowledge extends past Richard Pryor Red Fox and sometimes America America won't let you won't let you feel that way 
They don't, they don't want, want they don't want they go, so let me guess your influences. Prior, Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, Bill Cosby. And then I was like, well, um more like, Oh, Dick Gregory is what you're gonna say next. Like they, you can't just go they no Woody Dick Allen. <laughs> and then I'm like, Well, you know, like Don Rickles, Phyllis Dilla, Carol Burnett, you know, Hee Haw, Benny Hill. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, Benny Hill. What were you doing like Benny Hill? Like, yeah, he didn't even talk. Yeah. And he was funny. He was hysterical. Dude, I liked my. I mean, the first comedy I ever saw was Eddie Murphy Raw. The, Which was was that Raw or Delirious? Which one came first? Um, Raw, I can't right? even tell you. I just know the red suit. The red suit. <laughs> the red suit was the first one I saw, and I remember my parents watching it, and we were that's the first time I ever saw stand up comedy, and we were how my parents were howling laughing, and I'm laughing because the room's laughing. But I and and I don't even really know what he's saying now. By the way, I've I rewatched that. If you watch it, there trigger warnings because there's a lot of trigger words. Yeah. Man, I don't like faggots looking at my ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, like, what the fuck? He's like, <laughs> like <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, like you can go back and listen to a lot of old comics and. Their, their first material, they would be protested every oh, second. Dice day. Clay? Dice I like, Clay. I like the brothers. Smile so I can see you. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But it was, you right. know, and I'm not saying that people weren't offended or people that people were uh, marginalized and just didn't have a voice to share with it. But there is something to be said for taking, like, like I, I keep going back to this Nick DiPaolo bit. And the the bit is, the bit is just it's his bit. I would never try to do it, but it's just about how rough it must be being black in America. But he's not saying, he's saying it from a place of like, he's saying it as Nick DiPaolo. Mm -hmm. Like it's I I'll I'll show you the bit, but it's like. It's you know, so fucking. Everybody it, is on a like. It, it's hard for me to. Oh, what is being black in America? It's just, yeah, it depends on who you're talking to. Did you ever hear? Did you ever hear? Um, Patri the Patrice. This is one of my favorite Nick DiPaolo things ever said, and I'm probably mis paraphrasing it, but it was not in his act, so I'll share it with you. Patrice O'Neill came into the cellar one night. And he had a like. He was like in a down mood. And Patrice is like, and there everyone's like, what's wrong with you? And Patrice is like, man, I just got back from the doctor and I got eight of the 10 things that kill black men. And Nick Paul goes, is bullets on there? <laughs> <laughs> and Patrice was like, what? <laughs> he goes, is bullets on there? <laughs> he goes, no, I'm talking about high blood pressure, <laughs> diabetes, <laughs> hypertension. It was fucking, but like those, but Nick the, his bullets on there. Like, but he's right though. How you yeah. gonna get mad about yeah. something that's but right? He would, get, he would get protested now because people go, "How dare you?" Now I do understand the "How dare you?" I do understand that there was a time where that were that dice clay joke led to a bunch of people thinking, "Oh, it's okay to just say whatever you want about black people." But but there is part of it where you go, "Yeah, but he's a professional comedian." Like, you know, the outrage shouldn't like I've heard. I've heard I, I watched DL one night and DL's a pretty he's not a, he's not like a very like racy like kind of guy but man I remember walk I just remember him walking in the room 
and he had a cigar lit walking up the center of the aisle. <laughs> just, and I was like, fuck. I dude, I I, I think I draw more. I, I think that's every every comic always put it's always the one detail that we have to say yeah. that makes the story what it is. I saw him with a cigar. Lit. Let's make sure you understand that this lit. shit is lit. Walking lit. down <laughs> walking down the that is, And 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 I and I can picture because I've seen him do it several times. I've watched DL do I watched several people do some things, but DL I thought something that was amazing. This restaurant was closed. It's a closed restaurant. The restaurant is closed. It's yeah. Morton's. Morton Steakhouse yeah. in Houston. The restaurant is closed. And DL sends me a text me meet him at the restaurant. We having dinner. I get there, me and Malik Essa together, another comedian, and the restaurant is closed. And this lady says, Hey babies. Y'all ain't gonna get in there. The restaurant's closed. It's like twelve fifteen. Yeah, the restaurant is definitely closed. And then Malik says, "I don't think that applies to us." <laughs> and I'm still standing because I don't know. I don't have no clue. I'm like, "DL says it's the wrong address." Yeah. And then the door opens, and they say, "Well, come on." And we walk in, and the lady's looking at us like oh walk in and it's 20 people at a long table and we just came in sat down nobody else is in the entire restaurant it's just all of DL's people because he called the restaurant maybe like at 9 o'clock and said that he wanted to have a late dinner there could they keep the chef and some people afterwards I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do in life. I want to have my friends yeah. and go to a restaurant that is closed. <laughs> and call ahead. And just have the, sh the chef and the sous chef and the staff just waiting there for us. And it was very nice. And, and I've seen him do it like three or four times. And I've been with him. I'm like, this is classy as hell. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's classy, dude. Yeah, there, dude. I, there's a man. There's a lot of comics out there that I look at and I go, I like the way they do that. Like one of the things they used to say, Ari and all them used to say about Rogan is like, uh, you get done the show and you go out to dinner, and Ari's like, I've never touched my wallet once around him. Never. Like I love, I love that. Like I, you know, I don't make enough money. I mean, I, I do, but I, you know, it's it's hard to measure how you pay out the guys you work with because you want to make it even and fair. But at the same time, you don't want to like, but yeah. but you you want to just give it a, a round number mm -hmm. and go just this is what I give everyone after the show. I hope you know, and I like and you also I also kind of share with them how much money I'm making and where my numbers are at and explain so that they get an idea of what the business looks like and yeah. what the, how the responsibility they should have when they're a headliner mm -hmm. and like you don't like if you're making if you're making. A fifteen hundred bucks. You don't. You don't have any responsibility to pay out anyone. If you're making six thousand dollars, I don't feel you have a responsibility to pay out anyone. That's mm -hmm. your money. When you start going into higher numbers, yeah, 
you should spread the wealth so that people go, I like working with him. It's, yeah. it's, it's a great weekend. They're sold out shows, but he takes care of me. I don't have to worry about this or that. And then, but like, there's like, there, but there's tears of it. Like when you're making six grand a week, you should definitely never let anyone pay for lunch. You should offer to take everyone out yeah, to lunch. Sure. Take them. Hey, do you want to get something for dinner tonight? Get by their drinks. But like, it's, it's. And then when you get to those DL places, I man, I, I my only experience like that really, I guess, is you know with being on the road. Cause I don't really travel with too many people. Was but with Russell Peters, you never touch your wallet when you're with Russell Peters. Yeah, Russell Peters is the most generous guy. There's stories about him he wouldn't want shared because he because he doesn't want people to know he's like that. But like. I heard a story and I'll, 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 I'll round the edges off so it's not too over the top or too, and I'll keep it in the realm. He was talking to a young comic and the young comic was busting his ass and very funny. And, and Russell said, uh, said, saw his phone and said, said, how you, how do you, uh, can you tweet on that thing? And the guy goes, no. And he was like, wait, what do you just tweet on your computer? And he goes, I don't even have a computer. Russell's like, you don't have a computer? And went out and bought him a computer and an iPhone and said, if you're going to compete in the business, you need these tools. Look, they're not the, they're just middle of the range tools, but these are the tools you need. And so take this and use them. And that comic, no one's going to ever say a bad word about Russell Peters around him. Cause that's fucking, that's next level. That's, that's, and by the way, he wasn't working with him. He didn't know him. He just knew he was a struggling comic who was very funny that didn't have the tools to get forward in the business that he was in and thought that's not fair in life. Uh, if some, I wish someone would do that for me. Man. I mean, comics from South Africa come over to do spots in LA and Russell says, want to stay at my house. Stay at my, I have only, no, I've only known you probably, probably for a month in your whole life, but stay at my house. It's out in Malibu. It's going to be a little bit of a drive-in, but it's nice. You don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. My chef will cook you lunch. I mean, Russell's fucking yeah, next level. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big thing. Like, and what's weird is, I've seen Russell and stayed away from him. It, it's the, I'm I'm so standoffish with everybody because I don't want you to think I want nothing from you. I don't need nothing. Dude, I'm from the same you. way. I don't want I don't want to be. Like, we was in Montreal. And literally, they introduced me to Russell twice, and he he probably doesn't even remember because I shied away from it so much. I'm like, hey, this Russell, I'm like, hey, I'm Ali. Then I'm literally off. And the only reason that he would even could think, oh, maybe he was there, because he had um my man Melly Mel with him. Yeah, yo, and dude was like, yo, let me introduce you to Russell Peters. I'm like, mm. and then I saw Melly Mel, and I was literally like, okay, I go over there, but I don't care about meeting Russell Peters. I just, they just introduced me to him. As soon as we get over there, he was like, hey, this Russell, hey, how you doing? Hey, man, you know you did the message? And he was like, <laughs> dude's like, I said, yo, man, you Melly Mel. I don't care nothing about none of the rest of the people over here, but I know this. A child was born with no state of I started rapping the yeah. verse to Melly Mel. He was like, this is my man. And like, yo, man, I'm like, yo, you are with Melly Mel, dude. Like, you trying to introduce me to Russell Peters. Russell Peters should be introducing me to Melly Mel. Like, yeah. Man, oh, like, and Russell would say the same thing. Like, who are you? <laughs> like, you are, no, this is Melly Mel. Like, like man, I'm like, and so... It, and Kevin was there, 
and Kevin knows he know for fact he had all the people around him and he literally watched me walk right past him and he had to stop somebody and say, hey man stop Ollie man yeah and look at me like you gonna come can you come speak give me a hug or something I'm like yeah. I walked over like yo man you know how I am I'm not dude all that around you I don't get down like that. I don't want nobody thinking that I'm over. Because see, what happens is you get over there and people's bodyguards and everybody start acting extra. And I'm like, yo, man, go on, go on wait for me with that, man. Yeah. Because I'm, I don't need no bodyguard. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you come over here trying to flex your muscle because I'm talking to Kevin, because you, yo, man, Kevin, if you don't want your bodyguards and need bodyguards, yo, man, let me get, and I just walked off, and yeah. he's like, "I knew he wasn't gonna. Stay. He knew he, he ain't gonna stay over here long. Not because it's not, but no, we like me and him friends. I don't like all of that you around. Don't, you me. don't like you don't like the the ten guys that are hanging around Kevin that, that don't know Kevin, but are waiting for that opportunity to get in. The vipers, yeah. the and vampires. It seemed like I'm one of them, Dude. and I know him. Then and then the people around him are take it as if I'm one of them. So let me just let me move myself out of the way. I was. I just did this show where Floyd Mayweather was there and Jay Prince. I don't know if you know who Jay Prince is. He's uh-huh. from rap a lot. Um, he's um, he's he's somebody to know. Yeah, like people like he sent he sent a threat to somebody very publicly. I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna let y'all know. Keep your hands off Drake if you don't want no problems. And then it was nobody touched Drake again. So he's one of them. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm doing the show and behind the people behind they can't see because it's all these bodyguards. So I said, Hey, um, Floyd, can you tell first of all, why do you need bodyguards? <laughs> I thought you could fight. I'm I'm trying to figure out I know I've watched fifty fights. So I'm trying to yeah. see why do you need bodyguards? Yeah. And can you tell two or three of them to scoot over so the people behind you can I said matter of fact you sitting right next to Jay Prince why don't somebody bodyguards got to take off <laughs> hey both said the people don't need bodyguards let him okay y'all off Jay let him body yeah y'all can y'all do that and people like is he up here directing bodyguard I'm like because it don't make no sense I the people behind you can't see and the bodyguard looking at me, I'm like, yo, big man, let me explain something to you, big man. It, it looked like- I wish I had the confidence to talk to a black bodyguard like, yo, big man. You look like you eat people. I get that. But big man, it's like, if I get hold to you, big man, it's going to be bad for you. You can't even get to all the places I'm going to get to. I'm like, it's going to be so many holes in you, big man. It's going like, to like, gonna like the Michelin man is going to be deflating. You can't and even I, get to all the places I can get to. I'm like to. all in your nooks and crannies, baby. You can't do nothing with me. Big man, your, look, your arms can't even go down. Look at look what I can do. <laughs> down arms. So I, you can't do that. So I, look, 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 my arms are all type of agile. <laughs> like, I was like, yo, man, I don't understand bodyguards. And yeah. then I don't understand all the extra stuff that come with them. I have a dude who will be with me when I'm out and about in little spaces. His name is Dre. Dre is very, you don't even know that Dre's there. Like if, if something happens, you could be standing next to me and you'd be like, oh, at least something about to happen. And Dre will come out of nowhere. I'm like, no, bro, we cool. Yeah. you like, who, who 
was just talking to me. And like, and then he's gone again. And then somebody get too close, and he just see his arm come out of nowhere. Say, my man, can you scoot up a little bit? You know, yeah. You want problems? You want? And he talked just like that. You want? You don't want no problems? You know, the situation. He's like, Trey, what you just say? No, don't worry about what I just say. Just don't hit. You know, Those you, are the bodyguards you, you want. Like I, I've had bodyguards when you go to do shows and the club just gives you a bodyguard. They're like, like one of the bouncers will be with you, yeah. and then sometimes they'll walk you back to your hotel. And you're like, and part of me is like, I always get. And it's never a black guy. It's always a white guy. I'm like, you're just overweight. You're just really overweight. You're just a, <laughs> you're just a football player that did not make it. Now oh. you just a big bodyguard. And I have problems with with big dudes, man when you acting too aggressive because I know huge dudes that are very non-aggressive until they like cuddly bears until yeah. you put them in that position. They play football. They just as aggressive. Warren Sapp is a very nice. Very sweet. That I didn't even have to say the words. Yeah. You said it. You know what I'm saying? And people wouldn't think that just knowing him. I'm talking you like, nah, man. He just texted me. He just texted me, I'll sh- uh, but this is this is who Warren Sapp is. Oh, you from Tampa? Forget you. Uh, yeah, he's Tampa and Florida boys. Yeah, he. This is this was his. Oh fuck! I guess I accepted that. Let's see. He texted me. Want to take you fishing? <laughs> <laughs> Monster fish pull you in. And I went, fuck yeah, I'm in Florida. And, da, da, da. and he goes, hit me when you get here. Uh, wait, wait. This is the best one. The top text. What does the top text say? Just read the top text. I'm going to go roller coaster ride. We go roller coaster riding again? <laughs> He's the sweetest fucking guy in the world. Hi, man. He's the sweetest guy, but he also has that, like, the disposition that... Like, you don't fuck with him. No, not at all. Like, he's not the kind of guy you can go put... You can't touch his face. Like, he'd... he'd that. He used to throw a party the Warren Sapp weekend in Houston. He never played in Houston. <laughs> not one down. Yeah. But do you know the whole entire city would turn out for Warren Sapp? Man, his parties were so insane we had a uh because he, he went to um miami miami and kelvin harris they they out they played on the championship team together you look on the 30 for 30 kelvin harris is on on both the u so he lived in houston he would bring him to houston man and it would be insane nice I, can i tell you i have a theory about this i have a theory that black people in america get behind you when they see the white institution do you dirty. So like him, Allen Iverson, guys who were came out and they're like uh, Randy Moss, guys Randy. that came out and they're like, sorry, he's a, he's a problematic uh, character. He had a fist fight in high school and black America goes, hold on, hold on. We all have fist fights in a We all have fist fights in high school. That doesn't make him a that doesn't make him a problem. And by the way, white people have fist fights in high school, but no one ever fucking throws them under the bus. They, they compartmentalize black athletes and, and say uh, he got he tested positive for marijuana and everyone's like and this is like in the 90s that's why and they dropped his draft number down yeah and he was and everyone in black america goes then fine you know what he's one of us you you don't get him at all anymore they did that with i i i, I, mean, AI, I guess they did a, that with Allen for death it's not a big stretch of a theory 
Um, all right, we should wrap this up so we can get you to your audition. <laughs> so you can fucking so you can be the next Morris Chestnut. <laughs> so you can be a tall Morris Chestnut. You know, do they want to give you all these roles of cops and you know? Yeah, I'm not Ice T. I don't. You know, Ice T. Ice T. Love Ice T. Ice T. Said it himself. He wasn't a gangster. He just hung around with gangsters, which kind of gave him thing. But the difference is. I was I'm a I was a street dude, and I don't really want to play a cop. Yeah. Like mm, not a cop, <laughs> and maybe like a maybe more like a probation officer trying to help people curve what they doing, but not the actual fuzz. Yeah, like did you see me as a cop? Man? I can totally play a cop. I can <laughs> yeah, totally can, yeah. I can totally play a cop. <laughs> like, Just a bat, a dirty cop who abused his powers. <laughs> That's weird because if anything that I write, anything that I write, any show that I want to be on, that I that I write, it's gonna have to have a slim, redheaded, tattooed chick in it. Yeah, she is. It, she got to play some role, whether because I think I think that's my fetish. I think that's I think that's what I like the most about stand up when you see. And I stay away from it. I don't, but it's the temptation is always there. Like I'll be at a show and it'd be some slim white girl with tattoos and strange places and her hair red. If her hair's black, then I, eh, you know yeah. I'm done. She's a blonde eye, that redhead out of nowhere. Hey, your show is amazing. I'm like, just don't say anything else. <laughs> just don't say anything else. Lord, take her, take her voice from her at this moment. And then, her, then our boyfriend comes out of the bathroom. Yeah, your show is amazing. Like, thank you. And, I, and he doesn't understand why I'm shaking his hand yeah. so firm. <laughs> thank you, sir. You have just saved me a lot of court cases and lawyer time. And oh, take her away from me. So, well, you guys got his PO box. So send him a skinny white chick <laughs> <laughs> and a, and with a Rolex, Rolex on. <laughs> his special. Comes out this Friday, 11 p.m., right? Yeah, February the 23rd. February the 23rd, 11 p.m. You get, you got his, you got all, I give it all the info at the front. Tell him what it, what, it, uh, what's the title again behind the bar? Um, Ali Sadiq is bigger than these bars is on Comedy Central, Friday the 23rd, um, 11 p.m. East Coast time. And then you can scale it back for all the rest of the coasts. Yeah. And so, uh, and then work? you can find them on tour. What's your website? Um, Ali Sadiq. Ali, I don't even know anymore. Do people go to websites? I think it's Ali Just, What's Sadiq. your Twitter? Oh, my Twitter is Ali underscore speaks, which we trying to get it changed to just my name, but somebody owns the name who's just sitting on it. It just like inactive, very inactive. I don't even know why he had my name, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, find him on tour. He is fucking absolutely hilarious and real and one of my favorite human beings, man. I I I appreciate I appreciate you coming and spending the afternoon with me. I came in here just out of therapy, fucking depressed and fucking try like overthinking stuff and, and obsessing about stuff and i am fucking light as a feather now it, it, it's like it's weird with my friends like yeah i went to therapy you know like you do know i was, I was in prison for like six years <laughs> and i can i can get you through that i if i can get you damn near through anything and he's like well no I, I got i got these issues like Give me all of the issues, and I can tell you what part of my life that I was that I entertained at. It's like it's impossible. Like, no, man, I've been to the darkest of places. Like, if you just listen to me, 
I'm guarantee you go ahead and tell your therapist. I don't think I need you. I don't think I need you. That's Joey Diaz. That's Joey Diaz. <laughs> yeah, first, time, first time I went into therapy, he's like, dog, cut that shit out. If you want, we fucking hang out every morning until you're done with this shit. And so we hung out for one month straight, and then I was like, I don't think I need therapy. <laughs> like, it's like, no. Joey beat a man with a coat hanger. <laughs> like, my life is great. I don't even know why I even thought something was wrong. I've been with Joey Diaz. <laughs> what a perfect way to end this. Ali, I appreciate it, man. Congratulations on the special. Oh, thank you so very much. And I love you, brother. Love you too, bro. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.